Well, here we go. We've had six episodes of a Star Wars television show, The Book of Boba Fett. A lot of jokes have been made. A lot of things have been said. It's time to say them all here. On your safe place to geek out, this is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. My name is Steve Glosson, and I have little to no plans for this episode except to maybe talk about some uh, Book of Boba Fett kind of stuff, and who knows what else will come out of these these eyes or this mouth, I should say. This mouth. I've seen a lot of I don't. How does who sang that? Was that a, is that a Tom Jones joint? These eyes. Uh, these eyes have seen a lot of loving, but they're never going to see another one of love like you. Uh, is that Tom Jones? Is that who that was? Come on now. <laughs> is that it? I don't know. Uh, who's saying that? Someone? Anybody? Anybody in the chat? Is this how we're going to start out with this? Um, I don't know. Uh, these eyes have seen a lot of love. Burton Cummings. Thank you so much, sir. Um, all right. Let's see. I, I I bet I have this somewhere on my, um, in in my the guess who? Wait a minute. What do you mean the guess who? I don't think that's right. Is it? I don't I don't know if this is the right thing or not. We're gonna try it here real quick and see. I'm I'm trusting Burton Coat. That's right. Hey, Burton Cummings, you're dead on. Now, Matt Mink said the guess who, but I guess he was just playing the game with us. Somebody, if you know it, sing it, sing along. What is this, the big honking show? Okay, he was the lead singer for, see, that's what I know. That's right. Cry every night for you. He sounds kind of like Jack Black, doesn't he? I guess it doesn't get to these eyes. I've seen a lot of love, but they're never going to see another one like I had with you. I guess that doesn't get to the end. Now, look, uh, we can't, I can't mention Tom Jones without playing some Tom Jones, right? I mean, I, I'm not, I never think of Tom Jones until, um, I say his name (laughs) and then, and then I think about her or him and I'm just like, Oh, Tom Jones. 
he was he was a thing and and like his look his version of um kiss he was an older guy at the time and like he'd kind of become like a a punchline for a little bit and he does uh kiss by by prince and like he owned it they ate it up i think i'm gonna dance now that's what i that's i think that's my favorite part of that listen to these people cheer for him as he comes out has nowhere near the funk and the soul of Prince, but he's got he's got the the whatever he's got of of, of Tom Jones. Of course, we got a horn section. I guess it's like, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Jones. This has to be like his Vegas review or something. Here he comes. And he's got like all of these like middle-aged ladies at the at the front of the stage. Like, oh my gosh, there's a granny sitting there clapping. <laughs> Granny's getting down. Granny's loving it. You just give it all up to me. I show you what it's all about. Everybody have to be rich to be my girl. You don't have I mean, he's doing pelvic thrust and everything. Now, this was this video was taken from a time. Remember, guys, the braided belts that we used to wear and like you would and they were extra long so what you you got the braided belt you put it through the loops and the pants and everything and then when you got to the end like you rolled it over and it kind of hung down and now that i think about it what a weird style we all had doing that that seemed kind of strange but i mean it was the style the old braided belt deal now i'm gonna tell you something old fatty he uh he broke his braided belts in his day. Talking about me. I just gotta hear him say, "Think I'm gonna dance now." Yeah. <laughs> and all he's doing is spinning and wiggling his hips, and the ladies go crazy. It's all middle-aged ladies in the audience. I think I'm gonna dance now. Oh, used to wear. Tenton's still rocking that. Okay, I got you. I got you, Tenton. But you don't like flip it over because like the didn't have a it didn't have a loopy loop to kind of you know how I don't know how I'm talking about belts. This is Geek Out Loud. Hello everyone. Welcome to the show. So glad you're along with us. It is your safe place to geek out, and we appreciate you being here on this episode. How long has it been since we've done an episode? I think um yeah, I'm saying we. Yes, I rock that style back in the day. My wife now tuning in on on the podcast. Of course, I rock that style. I was rocking the the tight roll jeans until I was in college in the mid '90s. So let's not. And I, and and I've noticed, I've noticed they're kind of coming back. The tight roll jeans. So I'm down. Uh, I'm down with that. Uh, anyway, look, just want to say hello. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. 
Dave Atterbury's got my back. My braided belt was like 12 inches too long. So what'd you do? You tucked it over and let it flop. It's been, um, how long has it been, ladies and gentlemen, since we did the last Geek Out Loud? I honestly don't know. I feel like it may have been what if, but I think we did those. I don't know if we posted, uh, yeah, we did post the audio of those, but I think we may have done those videos as well. And I don't know if those are on the YouTube or not. I don't know. I, I sincerely don't know because Lucas, uh, from Chewy's Cantina, my good friend Lucas has, um, has handled has done a lot over with Chewy's Cantina on the Geek Out Loud Facebook. If you're not checking that out, back in November with Hmgate with Scott Rifen, Hmgate, bop bop, Hmgate, bop bop, Hmgate, bop bop, do. Um. So yeah, Scott Rifen was on with Hmgate. I wonder if Garrison Rifen's available tonight. I'm Garrison Rifen. Um. So uh, yeah, here's what I meant to do. By the way. Dave Jones wanted to be on, um, and I was going to actually do something to the DeuceCast guys. Um, DeuceCast movie podcast, if you're interested. Oh, let me see if I've got... I know I've got the number somewhere up in here. Um, there he is. Hey, man. Recording some goal tonight. If you'd like to jump on for a little bit, it's going to be chaotic, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be chaotic. Also, where is Michael Nip? Michael, hi, Nip. Do I have his number saved in here? I don't, out of spite. I don't, out of spite. Oh, no. Stop hitting the app button. In, uh... Oh, no. I don't have Michael Hynep's number saved. Hold on a second. Uh, no. Okay, here we go. I need to save his number. There we go. Um, <clears throat> I know I'm the Deuce Cast intro now, Garrison Rifen. I'm Garrison Rifen. Uh, and that's and I found that out like via some Twitter stuff, and and then I went and listened, and it's one of the greatest bits I've I've ever been a part of that I did not know I was a part of. So, um, hey, bud. Recording some goal if you'd like to jump on. So there you go. I don't have Garrison's number. I would invite Garrison because apparently he and the Deuce Cast boys are all like besties and everything. Um, Michael, I'm, I'm, I'm putting his, I'm making sure I've got his number saved now. Uh, no. All right. Done. There we go. Great. Good deal. Okay. That was welcome, everyone, to Geek Out Loud. So glad you're along with us. It's been since November when we had Scott Rifen on. Um, I'm Garrison Rifen. Uh, to, uh, to, to have it, it's been since November. And, um, and so we're back here now and we've got some stuff to talk about. We've got the book of Boba Fett. Never did a No Way Home reaction. I mean, I haven't talked about Spider Man No Way Home at all. Um, what else we got uh, to talk about? Hasbro. I've got some things to say about Hasbro and to see what's going on. I probably should open Skype if I'm going to invite people over. If I'm going to invite people over to play, I should probably open Skype to do that. Probably should have had Skype locked and loaded before I ever got started going. How long has it been since I've done this? Way too long. Um, 
Right now, over at geekoutpodcast.com, you can find Rock Out Loud, which was, uh, we did a party episode uh, for Rock Out Loud, and uh, and it was meant to be a New Year's kind of thing. It got released at the end of January. Um, that's on me. Uh, let's see what else we got. We've got some lost episodes of The Big Honkin' Show up over at the Patreon, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. So that's cool. Uh, they're, they're really good. Like I absolutely forgot about some of this stuff. New movie trailers. Swinemer talks about uh, new movie trailers. I know that there was a Jurassic world trailer that came out today with like all kinds of snow dinosaurs and stuff. Um, did, did I undo Skype from this computer now? I don't know. Let me find it here. There it is. Skype. Skype. Nope. That's not what I wanted. It will try to make in changes. Ch 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 changes. Turn and face the world. So, what do we talk about first? Where do we go first? Um, the Adam Project. Yeah, we've just. I watched that trailer with my wife tonight. Uh, because let's face it, Ryan Reynolds is just a charming, just a charming gentleman. I tell you, he's just something else. That, that Ryan Reynolds, just a just a charming, charming man. Um. Let's come over here. You know what? Let me do this first. I want to play a little something. And and I want to and because here on Geek Out Loud it's your safe place to geek out. And so a lot I don't like doing criticisms and negativity and all that kind of stuff. Um at the end like a lot of people do like what'd you like about it? what didn't you like? And it always ends up being like this really critical conversation sometimes. I like to get it all out of the way first of all. So let me just tell you one of the things that I've really had an issue with this season, uh, or this with this show, The Book of Boba Fett, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be all over the place tonight if I can't get Skype launched and have someone get on here to help me. This. So far, it's fine. It's okay. Okay, I see what you're doing here. All right. And of course, it morphed into Fett, Boba Fett, and that was dumb. Um, hey! It's like an umpire calling out, or strikes. All right. Here's where it gets weird. Did did they look? Did did uh, did, did Mr. Rodriguez go to Ludwig Göransson and say, "What do you think for Boba Fett?" And he's like, "Well, I'm thinking something like." And he's like, "Perfect, do that." You mean that tune? No, I mean I want the I want people basically I want this to be the new Perumpa Pum Pum. That's what I want it to be. I want this to be Little Drummer Boy 2022. Absolutely something that everyone can just hum da dum 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 hum dum dum. Like what is this? John Williams. When if you go back, happy 90th birthday, Mr. Williams, by the way, if you go and watch the incredible documentary that that came with the um, with with the uh, with, with the Phantom Menace DVD and John Williams is talking about um, the, the duel of the fates and he's like, the Sanskrit's really important. Uh, the Sanskrit is, is was really, you know, we really picked these words and these letters for uh for, for a very specific reason.
so we've got that, and then we've got the guys just going dum da dum doom dum doom doom ba doom boom, bleep blah bleep 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 blah bleep bleep. It just seems like a step back. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> to go from <laughs> to go from. The Sanskrit was really important. There are very specific reasons we picked out these particular sounds and words and vowels and phrases to dum dee dum do da da do da da zippity da. You know, it, it's just a, it, it's a, it, it's it's a weird kind of step to me. Um, so, to be fair, Rodriguez's direction in the volume wasn't the best. I'm Garrison Rifen. Rodriguez is taking the fall for the whole thing. He didn't create the show. Favreau did. All right, then let me change the con- <clears throat> let me change the uh, let me change the conversation. Then you're right, Mark Hamill. Um, Mark Hamill. All the small things in Etsy, by the way. Um, if you it, it, so, just imagine Favreau comes in. Hey Ludwig, what are you thinking for the book of Boba Fett? Any any ideas for themes? Everyone loves what you did with. The Mandalorian. Yes, I, I I was thinking maybe something like hum do dum dee da do dum. I like it. Let's do that. You mean you like the tune? No, I, I want the hums and the doodahs in there. <laughs> Look, this is Boba Fett. All right. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Dave Atterbury. You know, you your Superman and John Williams theme. Well, let's just say Fett, Boba Fett in the song. Yeah, that was weird to me. That was weird to me. Now, look, I don't have the same criticisms for the show that a lot of people had. And so I want to go ahead and put that right out front. To me, for the most part, the show was just there. Um, There were great moments. There were some amazing things. There were some really cool stuff to see. And let's just say the finale was like you got, it really, really was like we just turned the toy box upside down and let our imaginations run wild with all the Star Wars toys we had. Look, spoiler alert, everybody. Boba Fett riding a Rancor. It, it, does it get better than that? Nope. I don't think so. I, I, I think that that was one of those things that like, if I'd have had that, I'd never had the Rancor as a kid. Like That's the one Star Wars toy. To this day, I don't have a Rancor. So, but that's like the one Star Wars toy that, you know, to this day I don't have outside of like some of the, the mini rigs that are now too expensive to get and everything. But, um, but I generally like when it comes to ships and beast and everything, Tauntauns, Wampa, Dewback, got it, got it, got it. Dagobah is there. Um, which we'll talk about some play sets in a minute. Well, I, I'm all, I'm telling you, I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. Dave Jones, if you're listening, you need to call me on the Skype. Um, it kind of sounds like the WKUK John Williams sketch. I don't know that one. I'm Garrison Rifen. Garrison, do you not have my Skype info? Come on for a minute, buddy, if you got time. I'm inviting you here live on the show. Um, <clears throat> uh, hold on. I'm, I'm doing something now. Uh, email me a link. Mixler. I don't know how to email you a link. Just Skype. I don't know what else to tell somebody. All right. I can't, I, I got to stop being distracted. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Hum, dee, dum, dee, da, da, dee, da, da. I think I'm going to dance now. 
so that look that honestly that was the biggest thing that stood out with me that I had any issue with when it came to the book of Boba Fett. So that's one of the things we want to talk about tonight is the book of Boba Fett and and the fullness of that uh, show. I, I I didn't want to do like a weekly. Here's my thing, I, and I think I've admitted this before. When it comes to the weekly kind of recap and review shows, I'm not good at those. Um, I'm good at being a guest on someone else's, but I'm not good at them myself because I don't really have much speculation to talk about or or once I've kind of said my piece and I've got nothing else I can really think about, then I don't. But if I can play off of someone else's reaction and stuff, then I can have a conversation. But I'm not good at just the weekly reaction. So I so I wanted to wait anyway until there was um there was no other uh you know, the the show the, the season was basically over before I really got into talking about it because I wanted to kind of get the fullness of everything. And so I'd like to talk about that a little bit tonight. Again, I realize we've not talked about the Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, so th- there's that to discuss because I really, I really would like to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home, if everyone will allow me. I'm sitting here right now with a Marvel Select. I was so excited. I got a Marvel Select Hulk that was uh, several, several, several months ago. It came out and then it sold out pretty quickly. And I was just going to let it slide. It's one of those things that I was like, you know what? I don't really need another Hulk in my life. I, I feel like the last Marvel Legends Hulk that Hasbro did that came in a two-pack with with Wolverine was kind of the pinnacle as far as a comic book version of Hulk goes. I don't think it's going to get any better than that as far as the Green Hulk goes. Now, they got some work to do on the Gray Hulk. Unless they wanted to do a proper Professor Hulk, not... Not a Mark Ruffalo from Avengers, you know, in-game Professor Hulk, but like a legit uh, comic book version of Professor Hulk. Um, then maybe they could do that. But I think as far as the Green Hulk, that is classic Hulk goes, that in that two-pack with the first appearance Wolverine stuff, that 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 it was the best, um, the best around. Nothing's ever going to get you down. Uh, I think that it was it, it's the best they could do, and, and they're going to be hard-pressed to do much better than that one. And the Marvel Select Hulk looked a lot like that one, only bigger. But then I saw all these people have it, and I'm like, wow, it really does look good out of the package, and it really would be cool to have. And by that time, they were all sold out and on the secondary market for you know ungodly amounts of money. But there was one store that was taking like, pre-orders regardless. And so... Um, I went ahead and pre-ordered him, and and by George, if he didn't come in, and Marvel Select has these things packaged like, and I don't know if this will mean anything to anybody, but like the old uh, toy biz deals with like the tie-down straps and everything, so you gotta unwind all those or clip them, and so he's just sitting here face down, ready for me to open up, but I haven't done so quite yet. So, um, so there's that. What do we got here? Ooh, Garrison Rifen would like to add me on Skype. I'll accept. I'm Garrison Rifen. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to get him on. I'm sure Scott's around somewhere and this is going to be the thing that drives the wedge further between me and Scott is when I say, because look, what do we want? I'm an old man. I don't need more old men on here. We need young people. We need fresh ideas and fresh faces and that sort of thing. So that's what I'm talking about is, is Garrison Rifen. So, um, can you come on the show for a bit? Um, it, it it feels very chaotic good right now. Um, so, okay. 
All right, let me know when you are, oh, I, I can't type, when you are ready. <clears throat> so I need to check my, I need to check my settings here. Check your settings, Glosson. Check your settings, check your settings now. Audio and video, let's see. Microphone is working. Speakers are set to the proper thing. And Garrison says he's good to go. So hold on just a second here. Let's see. Gosh, the game. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can, buddy. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Perfect. Welcome to Geek Out Loud, Garrison Rifen. Let me uh, turn off your thing on my phone so it doesn't please, echo into Please do that. Phone. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be that would be a helpful thing. Could you turn down the radio, please? Is I guess yes. what I'm saying. So, as a radio professional, I should have known that. That's right. And who are you, by the way? I'm Garrison Rifen. I'm Garrison Rifen. Uh, <laughs> now, look, everyone. Uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much for joining in and and coming and have some fun with us a little bit. Your dad's going to be furious, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> he just laughed when he heard about it. So. Great, great. Um, so I. I I do have to say, really quickly, I'm on your side in Hengate. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you realize I wasn't, like, dismissing him. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. So that's, I think that's kind of the idea. What bothers me most is he think I was just, that he says I was just dismissing him. But mm -hmm. I was not. I was, see, you just did. You went, mm-hmm. And it's like you're, you're acknowledging that you're hearing what I'm saying. You're yes. processing it. And then if I say, yes, see, there you went, yes. See, you get it. And I like it. So anyway, the reason I do the I'm Garrison Rifen is because you read the news uh, mm -hmm. for WGIG. AM, I do. AM 1440, now 98.7, um, down in, in Brunswick, Georgia. And you and you finish every reading you know that you record, you finish it with, mm -hmm. I'm Garrison Rifen. And mm -hmm. and I just, the, the first time I heard that, I'm like, well, he just put his big boy voice on, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I basically dad has been doing it for years, and I just I just copied what he was doing. Yeah, uh, the way he inflected his voice, and mm -hmm. I'll let you in on an industry secret: the ending of that newscast, I only record like once a year, and yep. then just reuse it every day because well, it's so course. good. Of course, of course, <laughs> yeah. Like I like I knew like that's that's the thing. It's so it's the same thing every time. So you obviously just tack that piece of audio onto what you've done. Uh, yep. As you read the news, and so um, yeah, what's really fun, like you once a year, like those days when you're getting over a cold, and you're like, in new today, Brunswick <laughs> school system decided, and then you're, I'm Garrison Rifen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes it's jarringly different. <laughs> the school board had decided to buy the, I'm Garrison Rifen. <laughs> <laughs> or even if I'm recording in my room, and you can hear like the echoes in my room. Oh and yeah, it cuts to that. yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> it's pretty bad. Well, welcome to Geek Out Loud, sir. Glad to have Thank you. you. For having me. Uh, yes, yeah. So, I, listen, I'm all over the board tonight. I really mm -hmm. just wanted to get an episode out. I'm, I'm kind of stoked about this book of Boba Fett thing a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I also realized as I was getting on, I've not talked about Spider Man No Way Home. I love Spider Man No Way Home. I, how many times did you see it? I saw it six times, and those were all six on the opening weekend. Okay, yeah, because I remember every time like your dad would text me and we talk about it, I said, well, Garrison's in there for the fourth time. And I'm like, what do you mean the fourth time? It's only been out for like 24 hours at this point. Yeah. Um, I may have made a mistake. Uh, I didn't realize how much commitment of time that was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I bought. So here's what happened. I normally go to this, the opening Thursday night showing of a Marvel movie. Um, 
with my with my good friend, and we did that. Then one of my other friends wanted to go to the ten Thursday night, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool, I'll do that. And then I usually go to the Friday afternoon showing and the Friday night showing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I usually do three showings if it's a movie I really like. Right. And uh, I was going to the afternoon one, the night one, and then my parents wanted to go to like the midday one or whatever. <laughs> And so they invited me to that one, and so that ended being ended up being five showings in the first two days. Wow! And after that, after that, it's in, it's really interesting because I went to see Endgame four times on its opening weekend. Sure, sure. And I love Endgame. Yes. But I kind of got a little bit of a burnout with Endgame yeah, yeah. after about the fourth time. I was like, okay, I love this movie, but I can't sit here for another three hours. Yeah. This yeah. weekend with Spider Man, I was completely ready to go back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and go see the three spider bros just hanging out having a great time i it never gets old uh, every time i've seen it so i'm i'm sorry i'm getting a message right now from from my wife oh my wife is saying you could have said no you didn't have to go to everyone <laughs> you see i i really wanted to okay he really that, wanted that was the, to there was some apprehension at first. Right, I sure. was like, "What if I hate this movie?" <laughs> right. That's well. That's the kicker, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, back when back when the Last Jedi came out, I had bought um, tickets, of course, for opening night, and then again for the next afternoon. And after after that first showing and opening night, I was like, "I don't know if I can go back and see this tomorrow afternoon." Mm-hmm. And and that kind of became the thing that called me on buying extra tickets like that because I'm like, yeah. "What if it? What if it sucks?" But but yeah. So but with these, I think you can generally. Bat, my, ah, you know, it, I, I think the cracks are starting to show in the old MCU, but, um, but by and large, I, I think that it, it was a safe bet with this one. I, um, I was pleasantly surprised in a big way with this movie. Uh, I didn't think that, um, I was going to, I, I honestly, Endgame to me was like the perfect ending to this series of movies. Agreed. Um, and I didn't need anything else. Anything else after Endgame that is good or enjoyable for me is just like kind of like gravy. Yeah. And um, and I enjoyed Far From Home a lot. I, Mysterio is mm-hmm. one of my favorite villains in 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 comics. Your dad is like he's good one time. Um, <laughs> that is exactly what he says. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but uh, so yeah. So I I I enjoyed it. It but. And and it really had some real heartstring moments that were really great, you know, with the yeah. stuff in the Quinjet with Happy and all, and he's starting to develop his new suit. But then with this, I'm like, ah, is this going to be too far out there? But I also love it because it's like they're really going for comic booky, yes, just far out stuff that that even even ten years ago they would have said, I don't know if this will work on the screen. Yeah, you know, like this is just too much to ask the audience to believe, but. You know, here we are in a world where we get it, you know, where we can handle multiverses and, and that sort yeah. of thing. And it, it's not just multiverse. It's it, it's also, I mean, Daredevil just shows up for a scene. Right. That's something in a comic you do in a comic book. Yep. Yep. He's your lawyer for a scene and then he goes away. Exactly. That's not something you do in a movie. Right. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and it's such a great kind of unique origin also for Spider-Man that like these yes. you find out that these three movies and Civil War basically I guess everything that came before this kind of build up to this version of Spider-Man's origins. His 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 with great power comes great responsibility came through a very hard lesson. Yes. And you know and and realizing not just his own power but the power that 
he comes into contact with through these people that he calls his friend. Um, you know, his friends like Doctor Strange, you know, like he was not responsible with Doctor Strange's power. Yeah. And and so all of this kind of comes in into focus and into play with him so that now the hero he's going to be is going to be much closer to the Spider-Man off the page in some ways than even Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in another way, still kind of, uh, you know, distant from that, but I think it really, really works. And so, um, I, I, I absolutely got just a, such a kick and, and such a charge out of this. Now, how old were you Garrison when mm. Tobey Maguire first portrayed Spider-Man? So I was born in 1997. Okay. So I, I don't know that I remember seeing Spider-Man for the first time, but right. I absolutely remember seeing Spider-Man 2 for the okay. first time. And, and and that was so you'd been like 8 years old at that point. Yeah. And so that's just the sweet spot to see a superhero movie. Yes. And and so those it did those movies I guess had have meaning in your life where they yes. you, you know okay. All right. Spider-Man good. 2 is huge in my life. Yeah. And and I rewatched it and rewatch it and rewatch it. And I rewatched it this year or last year in the leading up to No Way Home. And I was surprised how much it still holds up. Mm-hmm. It's still such a, I, I actually still like it more than No Way Home, but I love No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Spider Man 2, I, I did, I did the same before going into No Way Home. I, I kind of watched all five of those other movies. Yes. And, um, and, and I feel the same way about Spider Man 2. I think that it, it is, it stands, it stands with some of the great superhero movies of history from, from Superman, the movie right on to X-Men two. And then of course, yeah. Spider, you know, and, and so, yeah, I think it's definitely there. It gets the emotional core of Spider-Man, which no way home does as well. So, right. I think so. As, I, I think, I think so for sure. Did now, so did you know, or did you believe going in that all that, that those two were going to be in there were, I am uh, sadly I am a, a 24 year old man in in current society, so I'm chronically online. Right, and I I saw all kinds of things I believed and things I didn't believe, and I saw that video of Andrew Garfield on set with a blue screen video, mm-hmm. which got leaked in right. September. Yeah, and I believed that video at that point. Okay. and and Andrew's denials and all his interviews were yeah. so so ex- it's really hard <laughs> denials. <laughs> Uh, he he doth protest too much. Yeah, I feel like, and I've seen that some other actors deny stuff. And they were much more calm than he was in those moments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could tell he was really excited. Right. Uh, right. So, but but I will say there was still creeping doubt in my mind that was like, what if they're not? <laughs> well, and I think that's where I was going into this thing. I was just like, I don't think that 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 they're going to put. Andrew Garfield in position, even because he was promoting that other movie when he get asked these things. Yes, and I'm like I just can't see him having to be put in a position to have to just blatantly lie. Yeah, and you know, and he did, and I don't, you know, I don't blame him. Like, what's he supposed to do? Yeah, um, you know, of course, well, and, while Tobey Maguire can just go sit at home and be okay, and you know, <laughs> and Tom Holland knows that he can't. Uh, he he. They know Tom Holland's not going to keep his mouth shut, so they have to keep him out of the public spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Toby hasn't done a movie since like Boss Baby, where he was the narrator. Right. So, so. I, I think I just think that for me, I was kind of doubtful. I'm like, I just feel like that's too good to be true. Yeah. And and you know, sure enough, here they showed up on screen, and so I was kind of I was purposefully putting myself in. A state of denial, 
just so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah. And I, I love their intro scene because it's not it's not bombastic like Endgame. Right. The portal scene in Endgame. Right. It's just kind of like you've just had this terrible thing happen uh, in the death of Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then here are the friends who really just want to see Peter. And he, we've already established a little bit that Ned's got some magic. You know. Right. <laughs> it's fine. I accept it. Yeah. I, uh, well, I see. I don't know about that. I'm just like, uh. <laughs> yeah. they, they set it up with several scenes at the beginning of the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a thing they made just to do that. Right. Um, but I'm fine with it. It works. It works because it brings in the other two guys. Well, and, yeah, that that's the thing. It, it it I thought it worked great, but now I guess I want to go back to Spider Man Two. Those movies were huge for you. Yes. Um, what was your what was your response to seeing Toby step onto the screen? Oh, I was I was elated. I was. Extremely happy. I was clapping like the rest of the oh, seals okay. in the theater. <laughs> like the last, like the rest of the seals in the theater. Okay. Arr, arr, arr. I mean, come on. We we all turned into you know right. we all turned into clapping seals at yeah. that point. It was it, people were roaring and cheering. It was awesome. I yeah. was I was laughing still because uh, <laughs> that's terrible. But Andrew steps out of the portal and he yanks off his mask. Right. And uh, <laughs> and the guy behind me just screams out, "You liar!" <laughs> Your dad went to see it with you that first no, time. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're a liar. You know what? I just don't respect someone who's just gonna lie blatantly. What do you think he's doing? Just out there, just lying. I'll just lie to you. Can't trust him about anything now. Um, I was really happy to see that people did respond. In our theater, even responded very positively to Andrew Garfield. Yes, and, I gotta. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of his movies, and even rewatching them, I actually thought they were worse than I remember. Oh wow! See, here's the thing: I love him. I like I like his Spider-Man. Yes, a lot. His Peter Parker. There's too much crying and weepiness, and they tried to make everything too convoluted. Yes. Um, with, I hate the parent storyline. Yeah, me too. I, I don't like it at all. And you know, and that's and that's one He's of those. The things. only one that can be Spider-Man because his dad's blood is in the. I just right, yeah. right, but. You know, I, it has one of my favorite Spider-Man moments in cinema, and that is at the end of the second one. Mm. Um, you know, spoiler alert, Gwen's dead. He's been sad. He stepped away for, you know, for months. Like, they show the seasons pass and everything. So mm-hmm. he's been away for a long time. Yeah, the and brave so, scene. Yeah. So then here comes Paul Giamatti in the mechanical rhino suit, you know. Yes. And no one can do anything. And that little boy who yes. he saved... Earlier in the movie, I think is, is is if I'm recalling right, I think he saved I, I him from Electro. You're correct. Uh, steps oh, out. He's the he's the kid with the science fair project that he fixes. Yes, right? yes, yes, yeah. yes. And so he steps out onto the 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 street and puts on his little Spider Man hat. He's wearing his Spider Man costume like all little kids do, by the way. Yes. And um and puts it on and he's going to stand him down. And of course, Paul Giamatti's Rhino is just sitting there laughing, laughing, laughing. And um, and then everyone cheers because here comes the real Spider-Man. And yeah. when he, uh, when he says, "Hey, Spidey, I'll take it from here," and he like he squats down, like, "Thanks for taking over for me for a while." Yes, I'm just like, I get. Here's the thing: I love it when superheroes interact with kids in any of these movies. 
mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason, whether it's Superman saving a little girl's cat from the tree or whether it's Spidey doing that right before he's about to have a battle with this big mechanical rhinos, not rhinoceros suit, you know, um, I, I love, I love the kid interaction in these things. And Spider-Man too, where the kids give him his mask back and they're like, well, don't worry, yes. we won't tell anybody. I love that kind of stuff. Yes. And so, so he's when he's a boy, no older than my son. So when he does that and he steps up on the roof and he has the whole, you know, gets the, gets the megaphone and everything and does yep. his spiel. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love his Spider-Man. And I love that moment so much. It just evokes so he's, much emotion. He's uh, like the only Spider-Man that like quips. Right, I mean, even, right. Even in the final battle at No Way Home, I mean, he's he's the only one doing that. Right, yeah, and that's and I think that's one of the things that I really liked about those movies. I thought they moved the second one too fast and tried to pack too much in. I think the I think it should have ended about twenty minutes sooner without the death of Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. and and just kind of been like, well, that was weird, but okay, um, you know. And then did the whole did a whole goblin thing in the next movie and and build a relationship between in here but anyhow i digress my point is this i enjoyed seeing andrew garfield on but i was surprised at at the fact that i got a little emotional when toby mcguire stepped onto the screen yeah yeah Um, i totally you know the the only problem i had and i will i will fully admit this i went on youtube tuesday night after i got done with the deuce cast extra (laughs) which happens tuesday nights at 10 p.m deuce cast eastern time yeah uh on our Deucecast YouTube page, on our, it's not mine, it's Michael Nips. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I open up YouTube and on my recommended page was a, a picture of the three of them hugging mm, the Tuesday yes. before yes. the movie came out. Yeah. So, wow. And, and I still wanted to doubt then because I was sure. like, I hope that's not real. You know? Right. Someone photoshopped them over Zendaya and, 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 uh, and Ned. <laughs> I don't know Ned's real name. MJ and Ned. Um, yeah. Jacob Batalon. Right, thank you. Um, yeah, so I, but look, yeah, that moment itself was just like so huge with yeah. him stepping on the screen. And, and I did, I, I was a little more emotional. And here's the thing it's like I knew it was going to happen, but I was trying to force myself into a state of denial and ignorance. Yeah. And so, but when it happened, it was a relief, yes. but it was also just like, wow, this is really special. This is really cool. Well, yeah. And I yeah. remember seeing Spider Man on opening night. You know, mm-hmm. I remember standing there with a buddy in line and waiting because this was before reserve seating and it took over the world. Mm-hmm. And we're standing there waiting so we can get good seats and everything. There's a dude in a Superman shirt, and I'm like, tell him he's got the wrong shirt on, man. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and I looked over and there's a poster for Attack of the Clones, which was coming out a couple of weeks later. Yep. And I and I looked at my friend. I said, Spider Man's going to be on top of the world for about two weeks, and then mm. Star Wars is going to come along. Um, you know, and just kind of joking and having a good time. And I remember just being absolutely blown away yes. by the first Spider-Man and just realizing at that point that we have now, and I know X-Men started it in a way, and you know, some people would say Blade started. Yeah. But Spider-Man I, truly kicked the doors open. Sp- Spider-Man was what, the first film to make $400 million domestic? I mean, yeah. it, was, it, it was a massive success. It, it kicked the doors open for superhero movies moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it took it out of the whole niche thing. And then, yeah, and Spider-Man 2 just did what Spider-Man did almost better in, in so many ways, you know, and Doc yeah. Ock and Alfred Molina. Such. And so to see him there, I was just like, oh, this is amazing. This He deserves to be, you know, to get the MCU, for lack of a better thing, he, he deserves that MCU money. 
You yeah. know, he deserved that that role. He deserved the the exposure. He deserved to be in what is now the the highest grossing film in America or whatever the case may be, history or whatever. And yeah. and and I'm like, good for you, Tobey Maguire. And then also, just the contrast between he and he and Andrew Garfield. Yes, because Andrew comes I, in in the Spider-Man suit. Yes, you know. And, yes, and and Toby's just walking around as Peter. I've thought I've thought about that that scene as well because I mean the the narratives about the Spider-Man at the time were Andrew's a great Spider-Man. He's not a great Peter, and Toby is a great Peter, but he's not. He doesn't quip as Spider-Man. He's not as, right. as good as Spider-Man right. as, as Andrew. And when when he came out in the suit and he was just in his. A youth pastor costume, as they call <laughs> right. it. I loved it. I love it. You gonna go into battle dressed like a youth pastor? <laughs> yeah, cool youth pastor. Yeah, yeah. I did that. That 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 line especially hit home with me. So, <laughs> but yeah. So I I I was just that whole scene itself, and then them working together, and the yes. and the bond that they all immediately shared. Yes, was just the chemistry between all three of them. I thought was just absolutely wonderful. It was insane. Yeah, I, 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 I walked out of that theater just going, I want more with the three of them. I mean, I, I yes. know that people would start to go, this is a cash grab, but I, I just want to see the three of them well, working together. Well, grab my cash, take my yeah. money. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's like saying, yeah, George Lucas just made these monies to sell toys. That's fine. They're on my shelf. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm that, that, I'd be perfectly okay with that to an extent, you know, I mean, depending on the circumstances and everything. And I know that Sony's got some plans moving forward with some different characters out of the Spider Man universe and everything, but I'm just like, come on, Sony, just either keep this relationship with Marvel Studios going or just, you know, have them back up a Brinks truck to to your studios or something. Um, Marvel has done a great job. Yeah. story-wise for them. <laughs> I think so. I think so for sure. And, you know, you, you could see... Well, I mean, it began to break apart for them, of course, with Spider-Man 3. And yes, Spider-Man, and the, the things that work in Spider-Man 3 work so well. And then... And the things that Raimi wanted to do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the things Raimi wanted to do work so well, but the thing that did not want to... Uh, that, that Raimi did not want to have in there just suffered for it. Yes, and 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 because those moments suffer so much, it it kind of messed up everything else, and um, and and it really, I have such a love hate relationship with that movie because like on one hand I want to really love it more than I do, but on the other hand I'm like, yeah. wow, this just isn't good when it's all said the, and done. The Sandman stuff is fantastic. Yes, yeah, he's wonderful, except for the end when Peter's like, I forgive you, and so he floats away. I'm like, you don't get to, you're not absolved from your crimes because of him. Just because he forgives you doesn't mean you're now declared innocent, sir. Yeah, He's not yeah. Jesus, he's Peter Parker. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I. but so the other thing about this movie that I thought was just great, other than the villains, and, and, and we'll get there in a minute, mm-hmm. but um, it's the thing that kind of, almost all of these Spider-Man movies have been the, the MCU Spider-Man movies have been almost like Marvel team up, uh, yes. issues and that's, more than Spider-Man that, movies. That's contractual. Mm-hmm. When Sony got the, when Sony and Marvel got together to do these films, Sony put in the contract that we have to have like a major Marvel hero with them in every movie. Right. 
Um, so that's been a complaint, but it's also something Sony set up themselves. And I actually like the way they handled Doctor Strange in this one. Mm-hmm. Even though they kind of shoved him to the side, I, I kind of like that. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a lot more Spider-Man. Right. Right. By himself. Yep. Uh, and, and yes, it does almost seem like they just wrote him out as fast as they could. And I think that was kind of on purpose because they were shooting Doctor Strange at like the same time. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah. Well, I, I, I just, I, you know, these movies, but here's the thing. Marvel Team-Up, to me, is just mm-hmm. one of those special things. Marvel Team-Up and Marvel 2-in-1 are, yes, are some really special thing. things in, in, in Marvel comic book history because you ended up with stories that were almost toy box kind of stories a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, with just like, well, what happens if the thing teams up with Spider-Woman? What happens if Spider-Man teams up with Mr. Fantastic? You know, how is this going to look? Yes. And 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 it was just a great kind of, uh, it, it was a great kind of vehicle for writers to just kind of, and even though these stories would end up happening in continuity, you know, th- there was something about the comics back in those days that everything didn't have to be continuity either. You know, like, yeah. we'll just tell the story I, and have some fun. <laughs> I'm reading through Moon Knight right now, and uh, it's really interesting the amount of different things that just kind of get ignored from the past. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 you know. and um, But these movies remind me a lot of that because, like you say, contractually they kind of had to do that. But then as you, uh, as you progress, like the first one was kind of a Spider-Man, Iron Man team up. Yes. If, you know, I, you say I say team up very loosely, ladies and gentlemen. I know that Spider Man handled the situation on his own. The second one is like Spider Man and Nick Fury. If it was, a, yes. if there were a cover, it'd say Marvel team up Spider Man and Nick Fury. And Although then this apparently Talos, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the big surprise for the ending. Yes. Um, and then the next one would be Spider. Then this would be Spider Man and, and Doctor Strange, of course, or Spidey and Spidey. Uh, Marvel mm. two and one number fifty was thing versus thing, so you know you could have <laughs> Spider Man and Spider Man. You know I could see I could see the cover now. Like in fact, if we've got any great artists that want to do a Marvel team up style piece of artwork with, you know Marvel team up, you know issue No Way Home or whatever you want to call it, Spider Man teams up with Spider Man, and you have like the three versions sitting there kind of doing the whole pointy at each other thing, um, like the meme or what have you, the the GIF. But Doctor Strange in this was such, you know, he was everything that he's supposed to be, but he's also softened so much yeah. from from Infinity War and Endgame to yep. to now, um, you know, because the one thing that my wife had a real problem with from the first trailer we ever saw was Doctor Strange wouldn't do that, <laughs> and, and the trailer is a little bit different than the movie, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. But the whole idea is. Because Wong doesn't say "don't do that" spell in the movie, right? Well, he—that's he, right. He doesn't, does he? He's like, I, "I'm just not going to be involved with this." Basically, right. yeah. <laughs> the, you talking about the Sorcerer Supreme, Wong? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh. I, I don't. I guess that I thought. I'm thinking that's probably a setup for Doctor Strange. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which was what supposed a, to come out before this movie originally? Oh, was it? Yeah, in the original pre-COVID. Timeline. Okay. All right. Well, I thought now that, it's now it's set afterwards for sure. They they changed the things sure. around. Sure. Well, to me, it makes more sense almost for it to be set afterwards. Yeah, I agree. Based on what has happened in this movie, um, to to me, of course, I don't know if if he didn't realize there were multi. I don't know. It just depends. Um, <laughs> on, on on everything, Loki is kind of the big linchpin in all this, isn't he? When it comes to that kind of stuff, because of the Loki show. Yes. Um, with he the, opens up the the multiverse, I right, guess. With the well, I mean, they did, or or she did when she killed 
yeah, Sylvie Kang. Yeah, Sylvie killed Kang. Um, yeah, I guess that did open up the whole thing. Uh, what is this now? I'm looking. Speaking of this, oh my gosh! Can I just say, everyone, please avoid um, everything awesome in the cosmic wonder as your new sites. <laughs> they they're such fakers. They fake news. You talk about kids' stories interacting with Spider-Man. You know, one thing we haven't gotten adapted that I'd love to see adapted in the future is the kid who collects Spider-Man. Well, no, that's a um, <laughs> that's the story of the kid who's dying of cancer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sad. Roger one. Stern. Yeah, man, that was a sad one. Yes. But a uh, but but a special one. In fact, uh, a good friend of the show, Tenton, Justin Grant, sent me that at our last cure. Marathon sent me a copy of that particular issue, and it is, it's mm. a it's a pretty gut wrenching, heart wrenching kind of tale. Anyhow, I, I like the softer side of Doctor Strange in this, and then when he yes. got serious with things, finally he's like, "You call me sir." It's like, okay, um, yep. this, yeah, And then there's the kind of reversal of that at the end, right? Yeah, and well, I mean, like he realized the sacrifice that Peter was making. Yes. And I don't know that it's one that Doctor Strange would be willing to make himself. I don't think he would. Yeah, I think his ego's too great for that. But it's it's a it's a very Spider-Man sacrifice. It, indeed. That's that's kind of the thing about Spidey is is he is always going to be the one to you know to to make the kind of sacrifice if it means saving in this case I guess the whole universe, but but definitely saving the world and yep. tearing um, down the fabric of reality it seemed like. Yeah. <laughs> So the villains were all really interesting to me. I, I I was I was surprised when what's the guy's name Thomas Hayden Church that plays mm-hmm. Sandman actually showed up, but I feel like that might have just been some old footage. I'm very confident that's archival footage. Yeah, yeah. And same I, with three Safans. I was going to say same with same with the lizard guy, but it was neat that they actually showed them in there. Um, yes, you know, just to kind of to kind of do make sure that we knew they were the same people and everything. Um, the the but the but the main villains really the kind of the focal point of the villains were uh, Green Goblin, Doc yes. Ock, and and Electro because it's Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. and we have to really show him off and he did a great job. I mean, look, I like I like not blue Jamie Foxx Electro. Yes, well, basically with this film, they told him just play yourself. I mean that that's very evident to me yeah. when you watch the film. It's Jamie Foxx. It's not really his character from Amazing Spider-Man Two. No, it's supposed no. to be. Well, but he does reference that, you know, he yes. referenced being a loser and all this yes. other stuff, and 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 then the the power differentiation in this universe compared to his is, you know, kind of charges them up a little bit more and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it it it's, I guess it's what a little confidence will do to you. You <laughs> fall in a, <laughs> I fell in a vat of eels, came out electrical and well, confident. And he's in a new world where nobody knows who he is. Yeah, so he can be whoever so- he wants to be. That's a yes, and he does yeah. say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. He does. He does. Walked right into that one. Wrong guy. I but I did when when so Doc Ock gets a hold of Peter first, of course. Mm-hmm. And and then the whole thing, you know, the fight on the bridge takes place and everything. Yes. And when the nanobots take over the arm. Ock's arms, yeah. I'm like, it's such a cheat. But it's also a stroke of genius, you know. It is just yeah. it, it. It was and it and it made for some real funny stuff there with Peter and Doctor Octopus. Mm-hmm. But it was it. It really, truly, truly to me, I'm like, this is such a cheat, but what a great idea at the same time. 
you know, because you can't have him. Well, and there there have been a lot of calls in the fan base to get rid of this this the Iron Spider suit, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, bring him down to a more classical Spider Man, which they did. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and and I think that was kind of part of what they were doing right there. Mm-hmm. Oh sure. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely, it's one of those things. I don't think it's necessarily even because because of the calls of fandom. I think it's because. You know, they know, well, this isn't Spider-Man. we got to get him in a traditional yeah. Spidey suit. But at the same time, what a great way to, of doing so. You know, and, and I yeah. just, I, I thought, again, it's one of those things, I, genius is probably, or more clever is probably a closer word to being correct. Because to me, it's so clever that they would say, we well, you know Tony Stark's, you know, technology is more advanced than these arms. Or yeah. or at least has the the AI to be able to take over these arms. Yeah, it, well, that's two thousand four technology versus twenty twenty twenties. Yeah, or whatever it was. What it's five years after the the blip or more. So I don't yeah, know. but technically that suit was given in twenty eighteen. So okay. Uh, so have we? So we have we <laughs> called up to the MCU timeline yet? We, they are in twenty twenty four in No Way Home. Okay, and right. in Hawkeye. So okay. all right. So we're, we're close. We're getting there. We get another pandemic, and we will, and be. we'll be there. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get there. They're trying to do that X Men thing of the not too distant future. Yeah. Um, so oh, that ta- that timeline's a mess. Oh, yeah. Don't. I was going to say, don't get me started, but go ahead. I mean, like, look, <laughs> the minute they did Days of Future Past, I'm like, so X Men Three didn't happen, but X Men yes. Two did kind of they, happen. They retcon three. Which actually I love. <laughs> I, I mean, you're like, okay, that's fine. You retcon three. I don't have the hatred for three that a lot of people have. <laughs> I know the problems with three. Yes. You know, but I also understand it's like, okay, well, they probably I, thought this would be the last one, and I have a hatred for three. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably awesome. Look, I was a kid when that movie came out. It's probably tinted by my dad's reaction to the film. <laughs> Well, there you go. Honest. Yeah, yeah. But. I can't believe they did. What a stupid thing. I mean, look, I know about script writing. I took a class in college. <laughs> when you try to pack too much story into something, it's going to go bad every time. It is hard to do the Phoenix Saga in one film. Dude, uh, which, well, which they, they, tried it, they tried it again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do think I, I think the Phoenix Saga demands its own, like, trilogy at the very I, least. Would be very surprised if they ever attempted it again, just because of all that. Well, you know what? I would not be surprised if they attempted again, mm. because if 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 Marvel Studios now through Disney has the X Men rights, and I don't know if they do, I know they, they do. You know, they do. Then I can totally see Feige being like, "All right, here we go. Let's show yeah, the world do. how it's done." You know, um, they're going to start doing mutants movies, is what they were saying. But. And I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like as long yeah. if we're starting a new timeline, especially I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um. And and of course they're doing um, X Men ninety two cartoons. Um, yeah. Again, 97. you know ninety ninety seven. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the that's the season. That's the new season. That's oh, what it's okay. Be All right. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just I call it X Men ninety two because of the yeah. year starting and everything. But anyhow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, I'm an old man. We got a fresh face here. We're trying to get young blood into the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're trying to, you know, get it, get it all youthed up around here with a youth. And uh, there's some other young. And then, he, and then he comes in here and starts acting like his old man. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, it takes me in '97. You're a liar. I, 
<laughs> so, uh, but no, so I, I did like the thing with the, the arms, but then to me, it was so cool when Peter figured out I can fix this chip. Yes. You know, and, and in doing all of those things and working with all these villains to kind of get their deals worked out, like yes. you've got the recap of their origins. It was a great way of being a, and even with the Spidey conversations they had mm-hmm. about the, you know, the weirdest villains they fought, the different things mm-hmm. they've done. It was a really good way to kind of retell these stories that we've seen in quick snippets. Yes. Catch us up to who's who, who's doing what and where they've been. And then, uh, and, and, and then you, and then you just keep rolling. You keep, you don't bog down the story with like, so there I was at the library studying, or I was supposed to be. <laughs> I wrestled Randy the Macho Man Savage. Yeah. <laughs> and Bone the, yeah. Bonesaw is ready. Um, <laughs> I can't help but do the I, finger thing when I talk like Randy Savage. I don't know if that means anything to you or not, but. But he used to kind of hold up his fingers, and maybe a pinky was out, and sometimes he would do jazz hands in a line <laughs> across the way. I was surprised. But I was surprised. I went to see it six times, and I didn't know how people would react if they had never seen any other movies. Mm-hmm. I had some friends who hadn't really seen any of those other movies, or it had been a long time. And they didn't remember anything, uh, and they said they followed it fine. Good. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I was well. Very that's happy the thing. That I, I, that's, I, that's how that film has to function. It, it agreed, agreed a hundred percent. So, um, yeah, I, but then, uh, but then the goblin man, I, Willem. you know, Willem Dafoe. Yes. Uh, he they had removed the mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that everybody hated, they pulled a Kylo Ren and left the mask land. Um, they did. It's like they were speaking. I think they were speaking to the audience with the mask breaking. Well, sure. Sure. But at the same time, I think that they also had a deal where, um, where it, it's just like Willem Dafoe's face is so good. Yes, let's not hide it. You it's, know, it, look, it's no offense to Willem, but he, I mean, he can look like a goblin if he wants to. Oh my gosh, dude! Just watch the the first movie where he's talking to himself in the mirror. Yes, and just the the, the facial the change he does. Yes, it's so good. Um, he is absolutely uh, a, a, a great pick for Green Goblin. And then to do the whole thing with like the purple hoodie over the green suit yes. and everything to make it look kind of classic Goblin-y yes. was, I mean, I, I don't like to do the chef's kiss thing. I think that's gotten overdone, but chef's kiss, you know, like <laughs> excellent, excellent stuff. And then, his, but his motivation, like the fact that the whole time, He's just playing possum, as we would say in the South. Like, yeah, he's absolutely, you know, in his in his insanity, he's like, I gotta act sane, you yeah. know. And so he does it. He does every and it go and it harkens back to those last few minutes of Spider Man when he's like, God bless you, Peter. Yeah, you know. And the whole time he's like working his little goblin sled yep. to come up and so long, Spider Man. And and right. here it's like it's just the long con. Yeah. Yeah. And but that moment where Peter realizes, you know, spider sense starts to go off. Yes, and he doesn't realize who it is yet. Mm. That that's a great tracking shot they've got going there. Yes. Why are you looking at me like that, man? Yeah. (laughs) Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) (laughs) Love it. 
Love it. Absolutely love He's it. He's so physical in that role, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I know there's all kinds of headlines about how he did most of his own stunts in the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just crazy to me at the age that he's at. I mean, he's not super old, but uh, he's going toe-to-toe with a guy who's my age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Physically. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, 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 finally, the in-fight scene, you know, is just spectacle upon spectacle. As, as as they're fighting these villains and you know doing their thing and yes um and and it's just like the the conversations they have well who's one who's two who's three and you know, I love Garfield's Peter three <laughs> <laughs> but dude the moment he saves MJ yes is yes is perfect and and the the emotion that comes through when he saves her the way that he couldn't save Gwen is just Yes. You know, it's just it's glorious. And then and then Peter then Peter well Toby getting stabbed. Oh. You're in so much pain right now, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, my dad was my dad is totally convinced he before the movie he was like, I bet you Toby dies. I bet you Toby dies. Toby's gonna die in this film. Because you know, we'd have this conversation about Toby and Andrew being in the film. Right, right. And yeah. what would their roles be if they were in the film, which blew out of the water in terms of what they actually did. Sure, yeah. I just thought they would come in for the final fight. Right. They try to do something with the story, but you know, it'd mostly just be a little bit with them. It'd be it'd be absolute just fan service. Here's a quick yeah. 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 Instead of actually adding to Peter's story and furthering his journey and keeping him out of the dark place that some of those guys went. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> preventing <laughs> preventing he almost murdered Goblin Dude. at the end of the film. Yes. Yes, and and to be standing down, Toby, you know, to be Toby to be the one to stop him. Yes, you know, is just to stop him from killing his villain who he jumped out of the way to let die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a it's such a great great thing. Um, when when that happened, but then he gets stabbed, of course, and it's like, so your dad thought, oh, they were going to let him die. They just changed it. Yes. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. <laughs> they just changed it because they didn't, you know, because they, they might want to use them later. It didn't test well or something like that. He just know? can't handle being wrong. <laughs> um, I No comment. That's fine. That's good for you. That's probably smart. I'll say it. He can't handle being wrong. I was really hoping when he got said, I'm like, please don't die. What yeah, a stupid way. What a stupid way for that Peter because Parker I, to die. Both. It was both. Uh. Oh, I don't want to lose this bet. And B, uh, I yeah, I, I thought that would have been a really dumb way to die, and we could really use him at some point in the future for a mm-hmm. way to die. Yeah, in a in a much bigger film, maybe. Yeah, uh, you know, hey, look, there's talks of Secret Wars happening. Why not there? Sh- but shut your mouth! Don't you dare! <laughs> don't you? Sorry, uh, sorry, it's going to be Secret War. The no, <laughs> don't you dare get me excited about the potential of Secret Wars. Oh. I don't want Secret Wars unless we get Hulk holding up a mountain. I I have well, how do you feel about Planet Hulk? Um, I, I feel like everybody loves it more than they should. Mm. Uh, no. I I look, it's a great story, but it wasn't anything new. Hulk had been mm-hmm. off planet so many times, <laughs> um, as far as like just to new worlds where he did all kinds of things. Like the whole thing of him becoming a ruler and everything—that's just a callback to his days with Jarella, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, in the in the seventies and everything. And then she comes to our planet and gets killed, 
and of course that sends them in a you know rage and everything and mm-hmm. and 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 stuff but yeah that um to me as i was reading i'm like well you know he's been to the crossroads of infinity and been to all these different planets where this kind of stuff kind of happened he's you know he and so everyone thought oh this is just awesome this is the greatest hulk story ever and i'm like i don't think it beats 13 years of what peter david did mm. um you know uh, future imperfect or is that well what he called? Yeah, well yeah he did future imperfect but with but to get to that point like you had by the time you, we got future imperfect from peter david you had 10 or 11 years worth of story that he'd build up he'd wrote on that comic for that long and he was going to continue on, except for Marvel's like, well, we need you to do this for this big crossover. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm. And so he left the book, you know. And gotta love it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, in a way, I appreciate. It. Now, I know Peter David is just a is a crotchety a, a crotchety dude, <laughs> but you know, but that doesn't mean I don't like his writing on the on the Incredible yes. Hulk. So look, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a huge Flash fan, uh, and there are some writers from that that I don't love. Some of the stuff they they say. Right, but uh, they wrote some fantastic Flash stories. Yes, yeah. Well, here's the thing about but back to the Planet Hulk deal. It, it, you know, they kind of did that with Thor Ragnarok. You know, and that's supposed to be kind of yes. the Planet Hulk thing. And so, if you yes. go back to that, well, is he going to go back? Are they going to continue to? You know, is he going back to Sakar? Yeah. Does to, he have a son? Yeah. Are we going? Oh, please don't do Scar, <laughs> the son of Hulk. Please don't do that. <laughs> I don't like that stuff. And see, that's the other thing is I don't like that stuff at all because they they did the thing that they do, mm-hmm. you know, and have been doing in the in the last twenty years where it's like to make this more interesting and push this forward, we've got to now do something that we really can't undo without mm-hmm. being yeah. you know murdery in this thing. <laughs> um, with with Planet Hulk, with the way the, the the world was destroyed and he came back to Earth so angry was mm-hmm. wonderful like it led into world like world war hulk is is to me the the proper culmination of what was done with planet hulk like you tricked me into coming up here i lost i've, I've learned to love it learned to love was loved and it, and it all got taken from me because your stupid drive on your ship blew up mm-hmm. so here I, i'm coming back now see and, that's that's interesting because i Sorry, I'm not a huge Hulk fan, so mm-hmm. I kind of conflate the two of those stories. Right, right. Well, here's the thing. When he's coming back to Earth, he sends a message out in the comic. And he sends it to New York. He's like, I'm giving everyone 24 hours to clear out of New York. And mm-hmm. the only people that need to be there still, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, I think Doctor Strange, whoever the Illuminati was at the time. He's like, those are the people I want there. Everyone else get out <laughs> because I don't want to hurt anyone else. I'm going to hurt these guys. And it's like, oh my gosh. Like Hulk smash is kind of scary. It's big, yeah. you know, it's a, but but Hulk like I'm giving you 24 hours to get out of the way. <laughs> it's like I don't know about a controlled anger Hulk, man. This is deadly. This is de- you know, this is that it's it's Hulk is scariest, but also his also and, and he had every right to want to beat the pulp out of those guys, you know. Yeah. And of course, like we can't do that, defend. And so he's like, "All right, I'm going to unleash on all of y'all. I'm not holding back." And and World War Hulk was pretty intense, you know. So, <laughs> all right, I don't want to take up too much. Don't you want to get the book of Boba Fett? At some yeah, point? I mean, I got to talk. Bum, but I do not. I'm do not. I do. What I was referencing in the comic comments, there was a, a sketch by Whitest Kids. You know, if you know them. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I remember is, that was. Were they on? 
Is that a YouTube deal? I don't even remember. They were not YouTube originally. They were okay. on a channel. I can't even remember what it was now. All right. All right. But they did a John Williams sketch where he's he's done a doing a challenge with his wife who claims that she can write a better song than him. And throughout the whole sketch, he's going boom, 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 boom. I just, I just, I, I could like honestly, sincerely. The first time I heard the book of Boba Fett theme when they're doing hum da da do da dum do da dum, I was like, I was taken. I truly was like the bit is real. I was taken back yeah. to John Williams, like talking to the choir. And he's like, the Sanskrit's very important here. These are words that have ancient meaning and and depth to them, and and we want to make sure we're enunciating every. Every syllable just right as we as we come to the corda, you know. And I'm not. And then the, I'm just going to say hmm da do da do da dum in in the book of Boba Fett is what I'm going. To, I don't even know if that's how Ludwig Göransson <laughs> speaks. I'm just saying. Um, He's got a little bit of an accent. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad I could do a little bit of an accent for him. So. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm getting. Listen. Now I'm getting the text back from. Michael Nip and David Dollar saying, "Hey, we've done everything we want to do. Uh, mm. Can we come on now?" So, because I did gonna... them, I did them like they did me, only a little worse. Mm. I was recording, and, and the show had started when I texted them to say, "Come on!" Cause... It'll be like a Deuce Cast extra. It, okay, is that what they call it? <laughs> yes, I, that's the TV show wing of the podcast listen, that I'm on every. Week. I've never been so embarrassed to find out that I'm on a show every episode. <laughs> you are, and for... didn't realize it. For like 19 straight episodes now. I love it. I I hope they continue to do it in perpetuity. So, yeah, it's yeah, great. I think it's a I think it's a fun, great bit. So they had no way to end their podcast, so you gave it to them. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Garrison Rifen, thanks so much for doing what I know your dad could not. Ah. And stepping in and talking Spider Man No Way Home. He probably would have talked a lot more about Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm sure he's got some things to say, but I, look. This will not be the last Spider-Man No Way Home we talk, and it won't be the last Book of Boba Fett show we have, because I'm just, I really am all over the place tonight. I have no notes. I have nothing in front of me. I just thought I would talk and have fun. So, uh, But thanks, buddy. It's good to talk to you, my friend. Great to talk to you. Tell them who you are. I'm Garrison Rifen. I love it. All right, man. We'll see you, too. <laughs> see you. I'll see you. Oh, let's see. Who's this calling in here? Oh, let's, oh, that don't need that noise. What's going on? Oh, you know what? Teresa's been trying to call. Let's call Teresa. Let's give her a call. Oh, I've got, sorry, everyone. That, the, the, uh, hey, Hello. Hey, you've been trying to call? Yeah. Oh, welcome. Hi. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. How's it going? How it's going. How it's going. By the way, moment of silence for the old, uh, the old Star Wars report. That's good. What happened? Well, they're not they're not doing it anymore. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're all grown up and everything. Oh, well, you know, that happens sometimes, Indeed I guess. Indeed it does. Let me bring you in just right, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, she was trying to call the entire conversation I was having with I'm Garrison Rifen. And now she's here. You know her from all kinds of podcasts. Too many to name before we get to the uh, the chorus of this song. So let me just do it the right way. She is the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. Hello. How it's going? How it's going? It's going good for me. How it's going for you? Good. It's all right. Been so long. 
so long. Well, let's do this. So, Teresa, we're in the Book of Boba Fett portion of the show now. Oh, yeah. Unless you have anything you'd like to add about Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, wow. That's a a surprise. I haven't. You know, theaters. Theaters. Theaters are weird. Uh, Just go. Well, no, I've been. I've been. But, like, every time I've tried to go for Spider-Man, I end up having to do stuff. Mm, Okay. Well, you know? yeah, it's 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 hard when you can't just um, uh, 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 it's hard when you can't just turn it on any time you want to at the house. I know I've gotten so used to that. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, it's worth your time. It's a great film and uh, has all the uh, all the associated feels, so to speak. What'd you think of Book of Boba Fett? Oh man. <laughs> no, no Darth Maul. No Darth Maul. That that's true. Um, okay. Hum dee dum dee da da hum dum dum do. Okay, so I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. However. (laughs) Zip-a-dee-doo-da-oh, zip-a-dee. We don't sing that song. Oh my gosh, come on. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I enjoyed it, and however... Like the Mandalorian decided to take two episodes, which I was like, uh, hello. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know you hated what seeing is... Baby Yoda and Ahsoka. Look, I love chapter five and six. Mm-hmm. I think they were fantastic and they were beautiful episodes. Mm-hmm. But why there? And also, people who are getting into the Mandalorian, like now they have to go and watch Book of Boba Fett just to understand stuff. Yeah, I, I'm like, uh, I don't that. Mm, I it, don't know. And they gypped Finnick Shand. So how she was so awesome at the end of the last episode. OK, true. However, she was sidelined for most of the series. All she did was say, not now, not now, <laughs> not now. You know? Yeah. Well, look, I, Ming Ming Na Win, I think was okay She's with fabulous. it. fabulous. Yeah, I think she was fine with it. She seemed to really be enjoying herself. Well, you know, she's such a big Star Wars fan. I don't think she cared. She was like, "I'm in the thing." Right. Right. You know. But look, but, I, look. The, okay. Here's can a, we talk? But Cad Bane, dude. Oh, come on! Your Clone <laughs> Wars heart on. had to love that stuff. Well, I saw his silhouette yes. for the very first time, and I was like, they didn't. And then when they panned in, I was like, oh, my God, they did. What was amazing to me about that moment, Teresa, don't forget, that's the episode where we spent half the episode with Luke and Grogu. Right. Yeah. And um, and uh, and and so, um, so to have that at the end and actually be a little more surprised and excited than half an episode of Luke and Grogu. Mm-hmm. was pretty surprising to me because I did think this is so very cool. Yeah. The, and it's Corey Burton doing the voice and and he just he, I thought he looked great on screen. Um you know the obviously they're using digital touch up and everything on this person's mask and all but but to be so to be real and to be there to be physically there 
when we've only seen this character, you know, in animated form was just so awesome to me. Oh, no, I agree. I mean, and there's so many things about Book of Boba Fett that were really, really good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, like it kind of goes to that old thing with Star Wars. The writing was sloppy and the dialogue was like, okay. <laughs> well, it's, it, there's this. That's what, that's what Star Wars is known for. Well, I go back to like, like the first episode where they get in the fight on the street or whatever. And he has to oh, be yeah. carried back to the, to the back to tank. And, and I'm like, you're wearing a jetpack, bro. Yeah. Right. You could have got out of that circle at any time. Of course he didn't want to leave Finnick there, but you know, then finally here in this last episode, you know, he and Mando are both just flying around taking shots at people and everything which was really cool. Um, I, I I think there were some interesting choices in, in with the story all the way around. I A lot of people, it's so funny to me because in those first few episodes, everyone was like, why is he being this way? Why is he wanting to start a crime family? Why is he wanting to be honorable about it? Blah, blah. And I remember someone even said he needs to have like some kind of near death experience to, to justify this. And I'm like, dude, he just he had just one. got out of the sarlacc pit. Yeah, what do you call it? Jesus, what else do you want him to have to go to? I'm like, like, have you seen his like wrinkly, scarred up head? Yeah, have you like <laughs> give him a break? Have you seen his audition look for the California Raisins? Yes, he's been a, he's been in a bad way. Um, yeah, I, I was. I was like, I was like, he just got out of the sarlacc pit. But I don't think they did a good enough job of really until the big Wookiee came along of him, oh, act, of him actually sexy Chewbacca. Is yes. that what you call him? <laughs> what? I call him Come pro on. wrestler Chewbacca. Chrysanthemum is just like, if a Wookiee could be hot. You think so? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but I do know as, as I, as I was watching, I thought, wow, he belongs in a pro wrestling ring somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the uh, but no, until Boba Fett tells him, hey, don't work for people that don't care about you or don't you know, why? Why are you working for people who aren't going to care if you if you're dead or what have you? Um, it's like, well, there's his motive. He he was working for people who never had his best interest, in, you know, in mind that they were only out for themselves. And and he went and fell in a Sarlacc pit for it. You know, like he had the realization of what am I doing down here? I'm in a Sarlacc pit for what? You had enough time to think about it. Well, that's the thing. It's like I didn't make any, you know, I wasn't getting paid to go out there and fight a Jedi, you know. Right. I, I'd, he, you know, and so I think that his whole thing is, you know, obviously it's like I'm going to be my own boss. I've got enough credits. I've got enough clout. I've got enough, you know, talent to go do this thing to take over. So instead of working for anyone, I'm gonna I'm gonna have people work for me, and I think that's a great, um, great motivation for him. Um, but I don't know that they did a great job of, of showing that. No, um, don't mind is, the squeaking. What noise. is the noise in the background? That's my puppy. She oh. found a squeaky toy. Oh, First. oh yeah. For everybody who's listening, I have a dog now. Mm. You're a dog <laughs> family now. I'm a dog cat family. It's interesting. How does the cat handle the dog? Not at all. You mean all three cats? Um, mm. <laughs> Dune likes to instigate things. Harry uh, gets attacked by the dog and doesn't run away. He just meows. And Luna's like, no, thank you. <laughs> mm. 
Luna's the older one of them all, right? Yes. Yeah. So yes. she's she's like no. No. She's mad. She's mad at you guys for even bringing something like that into the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. Uh, I tell you what. Too many animals is now. What is that noise? <laughs> that is Penny terrorizing a cat. Oh, I thought you were about to say well. Over the pandemic, Greg and I had a baby, and that's it in the background. Oh, Greg and I did not have a baby over the pandemic. <laughs> so, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. So, welcome to Geek Out Loud, where we to the, just to, spread to lies. The, yeah, to the animal menagerie. Oh, yeah, the menagerie, yeah. Jabba would feed you to his menagerie. Oh, he would. Oh, that's Luna. I so, now know who it is. Car is sitting in my desk chair. So the uh, the the whole uh, the whole the whole thing. I thought I, I agree with you. The the writing was kind of wonky, but I did like a lot of what the story gave us. I like Boba Fett with the Tusken Raiders and and, yes. and, and all that yes. good stuff for the Sand People, as it were, depending on where you're from, I guess. Um, you know what? We learned more about Jawas, and I. You know, I always thought, okay, they're all right. They're just kind of weird little dudes. But now I think they're just creepy, creepy things. <laughs> Is it because you finally saw their furry hands? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a little yeah. furry for sure. Um, I, I just think that you kind of see just how... I don't know. Of course, they did a lot in this show to kind of show, oh, the Tuscans are noble people and that sort of thing. Um, while still the Jawas are getting the short end of the deal with all this stuff because they're still they're just little scavengers who will steal anything from anybody and not care, you know. Um, and they'll go yeah. around they'll go around the desert shooting droids. Where's our noble Jawas? Where do we get? Why don't we get that story? <laughs> Of someone They're going and living in fun, and I slaughtered them like animals. Well, come on! How much? How much more <laughs> impact does that thing have when you've seen how the Tuscans kind of live and deal with one another? Yeah, you know, yeah. like like you realize they, you know, they because in episode two when we saw Attack of the Clones, the the Sand People were just this random alien type race who attacked people for no reason in the desert. Well, now we've spent a lot of time with them, not just with Mandalorian communicating to them via some weird sign language, but also now Boba oh, Fett. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. Boba I Fett actually. you to ride. <laughs> like. <laughs> but yeah, Boba Fett actually living among them, becoming one of them, that kind of thing. And, um, and I think that as you, uh, as you see them, to me, to go back now and consider what happened in Attack of the Clones, yes, they killed Shmi. Yes, that was wrong. But at the same time, they're not just necessarily a brutal, brutal race of beings, you know, that something had happened. You know, I, look, maybe that group was. I don't know. But the point is, it makes you have to double think and be like, could things have been different? You know, I don't know. But... Who knows? Yeah, but you realize just how Who much knows? how much he went to the dark side. What about Boba Fett riding a Rancor? Come on now. I thought it was cool, but yeah. like, okay, um, our friend Sarah, she had a really good point. She said that the finale was like, Mando and Baby Yoda was your buddy cop feel good, you know, part. And then there was your King Kong part. And mm -hmm. then you're <laughs> like, 
that it was like segmented up into like different movies. Yeah. Well, it was it was a western. It was a monster movie. It was a buddy yep. cop movie. Yeah. It was that's yeah. that's true. But at the same time, um, <clears throat> I I I really thought that what it was, especially once all the fighting started, was you poured out the toy. I said this at the top of the episode. You poured out the toy box. And everyone got their toys and just started having a, you know, imagination yeah, no, fest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. However, I think that Danny Trejo's character should have come back in to calm down the rancor. <laughs> like, I don't think we needed, you know, King Kong and we didn't need, you know, Baby Yoda taking a nap. Yes, it was cute, but come on now. Um, I, I'm going to be honest can, with you. We didn't need Baby Yoda showing up at all. No, we didn't need him at all. That's what I'm saying. We didn't need any of that because yeah. it was like. You know, I mean, tell us more about Finnick. Tell us, give Boba and Finnick more time. I would have enjoyed that. Even though those episodes were, ab- like I said, they were absolutely beautiful. I don't think we needed them in that place. Uh, and also, okay, look, if if Baby Yoda is going to start walking and jumping, can we get him out of the potato sack? Like, can he have some pants? <laughs> or just have or a little shorts. robe, yeah, or a little robe or some such, yeah. For sure. I here's the thing. I think that 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 we did not need to know Grogu's choice, Baby Yoda's choice, until the third season of The Mandalorian. Oh yeah. The episode, oh, yeah. the episode five, I guess it is, where he's on the weird kind of uh, rolling planet, kind of like the Wheel from Marvel Comics, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> where he where it starts out in the meat packing plant and everything. With um, the armor. Yeah, yeah. I. Like some of that, I think I think that was a great reintroduction to the Mandalorian, except for the armorer stuff and everything. I think it should have been I can bring you in hot or I can bring you in cold, and he does the whole thing, gets in the fight over the money and all, and then we see him go off world again. Of course, I guess you wouldn't have got the the forging for Grogu, but I I, I feel like get back to Tatooine, meet up with Fennec Shan when she he says I'll do this one for free. Boom, end of the story. Hum dee dum doo da da. Yeah, you know, and then you come back to the next episode and 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 have the stuff. But look, I look down, I remember checking the time at one point with the with that episode with, with Luke and, and Baby Yoda. And um and I thought that it's gotta be close to over, and I realized I'm like, good night, they've spent over half this episode with these two, and I was glad to see it, don't get me wrong. But I do think in the in you know you have two full episodes where there's really no Boba Fett, yeah. And I and I think that kind of cheapens what you're trying to do with this story in some ways. Exactly. Um, yes. I, I think that I would have liked to have seen instead of flashbacky stuff while he's dreaming in the back to tank. I think what what maybe they should have done is like you open up with him in the back to tank. And the flashbacks begin, and the first three episodes cover him escaping the Sarlacc right up through, like, the death of the Tuscans or what have you. Mm-hmm. And then you come back to real time, the Sarlacc tank opens, or, Sar- yeah, it all opens up. He's, you know, healed or what have you, and then it's on to the next thing. It's on to the the, the building Donkey of the Kong. army. Yeah, you know, it's on to all this other stuff. Jennifer Bills, you know party shop and all that good stuff um well yeah and but here's the thing i know they didn't do it but i wish they would have i mean couldn't we have just gotten a cameo of kira in the end instead of 
you know, all the baby Yoda Mandalorian stuff. Because she's the head of Crimson Dawn now. Is she still at this point? This like, is there's comics. Uh, I think so. I mean, this is many so. years later. She's an older lady by now. Because you think about, I, you know, timeline wise, I don't really know. Uh, well, Solo what was. Is, what is time? That's what the pandemic has taught it's me. Weebly what wobbly is time. <laughs> well, the, because Solo took place what fifteen years out from the New Hope. Oh my god, I don't know. I don't I need either. Like a graph. Well, I'm sure they have one somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's probably on the internet. I bet it is. But anyhow, I so I. Let but me she'd Google be. That for you. I mean, what would? What? How? How old would? I don't know. It, but my point is. <laughs> they also had to show the Boba. They had to show the Mandalorian Grogu stuff to kind of be like third season's coming, you know. And yeah, but I mean, come on, guys. Like we know, but uh, Obi Wan. So. Right, Whatever. right. But see, Obi-Wan's in the past, so you can't... I guess you could do a preview, maybe, but you can't really tie it into the story the way... What was the... They did something at the end of the credits for this one. What would they, What did they do? Oh, oh the Cobb, Cobb Vanth, Vanth is in the... Is back in the to back-to-tank, tank. yeah, getting ready okay, to get some I mugs. did think Baby Yoda tapping on the... Like, that he's sitting in the droid area mm-hmm. of that ship. Yep. Funny, it's funny and then he's tapping on the thing because he wants to go faster right <laughs> faster. faster right yeah so <laughs> i love it. he's like no no all right this one time and then you know and then grogu's <laughs> you know yeah on his back but uh yeah i look here's the thing i'm not going to complain about baby yoda and mandalorian ever being on screen i that what happened in those two seasons was so great. I'm not going to complain about Luke being on screen. Nope. When they do it as well as this technology is getting where they can do that. Um, I will say that I think what would have been interest or what would have been a cool way to do things is like have a one-off episode of something not titled book of Boba Fett and like a surprise Disney plus episode of the Grogu tales or whatever, Aww. you know, and then, and that is, and that's Grogu on that planet with Luke for those 23, 24 minutes or whatever it was, with Ahsoka, all those things happening, you know, with the Mandalorian showing up, and then, you know, and then at least it doesn't feel like it's part of the Book of Boba Fett. Right. Do not show Grogu's choice until Mandalorian Season 3. No, I, look, really I know that have. they know what they're doing more than I know what they're doing, and that's fine. But do they? Well, I, sure they do. You know, why? I'm not getting paid to do it. Um, but I don't think you show, I I just don't think you do. I think that's a great thing to keep us guessing and wondering and speculating for months. Well, because you know, we'll do it. Right. And, and it keeps the show kind of fresh and alive too, through the Obi-Wan stuff and everything. And so have Mandalorian fight and join the battle and and all that good stuff. And, and, you know, Grogu, the only difference Grogu made in that whole fight was putting the Rancor to sleep. But that can be changed by having Danny Trejo step on the scene and being like, hey, boy, calm down, calm yes. down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Or even Andrew. Boba Fett showing up and calming it down. Like, Boba Fett, had, he'd bonded with Boba. Yeah. You know? So so Boba shows back up to calm him down. Um, yeah, I, it's... it's it, it, it. But I'm not as frustrated by it, I think, as some people are. I, I'm okay with all of it. I'm it not either. You know, it I'm doesn't not. bother me. Of course, I can see better ways to do it. But look, 
my my thing is 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 there's not anything in this in this show. I, there was one thing I hated, absolutely hated, in this in this show, and mm. and that's when they're sneaking into the kitchen at Jabba's, <laughs> and there are stainless steel uh, tables right out of an Earth kitchen. <laughs> they did nothing to to gussy them up, make them look you know worn or used. They looked like they came out of a pristine kitchen at a restaurant anywhere in the u.s of a and i was like y'all come on you could have made these stone tables or something you know Jabba's not worried about hygiene you know they didn't have and, enough in the budget and neither is bib fortuna they didn't have enough in the budget to make space tables sure they did <laughs> good lord have some of those plastic looking tables that are you know all over star wars you don't have to have things that literally you can go to restaurant warehouse.com and and buy and and i know i sound like paul bateman with zippers right now but that's the kind of the thing like it's very much a a, a deal and, it, and i kind of felt the same way about the meat locker place at first with the with the plastic strippy things hanging down instead of just yeah you know instead of like a shield door of some sort you know but anyhow yeah yeah i it's yeah, it th- there were some earthbound things that kind of took me out of it, but outside of that, I didn't have a problem. A lot of people had issues with the mods and their scooters. Oh, I don't. You mean the Power Rangers? And their they scooters. Cool. <laughs> the Power Rangers because they all have different colored scooters. Yeah. <laughs> Triceratops. They were, they were really fun. I like them, uh, although I feel like they all had super similar names. Mm. Okay. You know, I don't really know what all their names were except for the girl. Her name was Drash. So I think that they're all named like Drash, Crash, Smash, and Bash. Bash. Yeah, yeah, and Trash. Trash. <laughs> I I couldn't tell you any of their names to be honest with you. I I've not I've not looked up uh, and 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 I don't you know like I don't know that they belong on Tatooine. They're a weird group. They're very they're a little too Coruscanty. Coruscanty, yeah, for sure. They're mm-hmm. little they're a little too clean to be Tatooineish for me. You know. Um, that but i'm not mad about it you know again i'm not like oh this is stupid why would they put them in there i'm just kind of like okay there i see you i see what you're doing because it's a very lucas thing to do oh yeah you know george lucas when you go to episode two and you see the 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 different vehicles that were swooping around coruscant you know the one that anakin gets in and everything it's a very has a very 50s 60s kind of car look to it you know drag strip you know drag racer that kind of thing and so i get it i get what they were doing with those vespa looking things but i felt like they were on the wrong planet was my only my only (laughs) critique of it you know um the wrong place hey bigger question though mm -hmm. did they kill max rebo no he was not in there he wasn't? Nope, okay. no. But right. but here's the thing. Max Rebo was on Jabba Skiff. Yeah. And I don't understand. See, I feel like the only reason he's in there is because Dave Filoni and John Favreau saw um, Robot Chicken, where Max Rebo survives. And they're, and Maybe. Hey, man, this was kind of funny. We ought to have Max Rebo in there. Max Rebo's pretty cool, man. And And... And of course, Favreau just goes along with it because Favreau doesn't know. <laughs> so, so, but but yeah, he was in. He was on the cell barge playing, and the tune was do 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 
Yeah, so um, I always thought that was kind of weird. I thought that it was kind of weird that he was there, and he looked, and just like the Morian guards, he looks thinner. Yeah, everybody, everybody lost some weight. Yeah, it's been some lean years. They gave it to me. Also, the Gamorrean guards didn't have to have their shirts off. You know, no. they could they could have been wearing like the leathery shirts with the with the stuff like they did in the movies. I don't know if 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 they were only had those things on the costumes in the movies to cover up. I guess to cover up like hair. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You know what? They're just they're practicing for their stint on dancing with the stars and not having to wear shirts. Well, they fell over the cliff. They're gone. No, that's true. They died. Do people not wear shirts on Dancing with the Stars? I thought they did. It's like a thing for the male dancers to like rip their to rip their shirts off. off. Yeah, I would never do good on that show. I, <laughs> I would definitely be like the Chris Farley doing his thing. Um, <laughs> did you ever see the Chris Farley Patrick Swayze dance off? No, they're both auditioning to be Chippendales dancers. It is. Oh no! It's one of the funniest things ever to come out of Saturday Night Live. So I'll have to check. It yeah, out. you need to, Teresa. You'll love it. I, You'll love I'm it. sure. Yeah, I'm sure I will. So hey, a uh, question. Mm-hmm. Have you guys watched Encanto? We did. We did watch the Encanto. <gasps> mm-hmm. Do we not talk about Bruno, or are we going to talk about Bruno? Um, I, I, I don't know why they wouldn't talk. I don't understand why they wouldn't talk about Bruno. You don't know why they wouldn't talk about Bruno? I don't like just say, hey, he left. Um, uh, because he's all jinxy. You know, he said my fish would die in the next day. <gasps> Dead. I understand, but that doesn't mean you don't talk about him. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hey, you know what, though? You know what? What? Encanto is nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, really? Of course it is. It's a Disney movie. Yeah, but, you know, three of the no- of the animated films for that category are Disney movies. Luca, Raya, and Encanto. Didn't like Raya. Didn't? Really? I said it. There it is. Yeah. I, I was. I could see that. I was kind of bored by it. Um, yeah, I thought. I thought Shang Chi did Raya better than Raya did Raya. <laughs> so you know, I, I do. I enjoyed it, but I can definitely see it. I thoroughly enjoyed Encanto like a lot, and that. Oh my gosh, when we always talk about music on Vault Talk, there is one song in Encanto that every time I hear it, I start bawling like a baby, and it is just embarrassing. So, <laughs> every Which one time. is that? The butterfly song. Is the Reading Rainbow song? It's Dos Oroguitas is the name of it. It's Two Caterpillars. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It makes me cry every single time. Yeah. I still, I don't know why. Well, but, hey, we're welcoming to the show, I believe we're welcoming David Dollar from the Deuce Cast. <gasps> What's up, guys? Hey, there he is. What's going on, David? Dollar. Oh my gosh! How you guys doing? Well, welcome, Teresa. To, welcome to Geek this Out Loud. Is a trip, dude. I, I'm I am happy to be here. I'm I'm honored that you you even reached out, and I'm I'm happy to be here. I have no idea what we're talking about, but I know Teresa's on, so that's all that matters. Well, I'm excited. We, I've been to, I've talked about Spider Man No Way Home. Good movie. I've Great talked movie. about uh, I've talked about uh, well, Garrison Reifen was on here talking that. I'm Garrison okay. Reifen. You know Garrison. Um, I know Garrison. I've talked about uh, we 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 talked a little bit about Book of Boba Fett, um, mm-hmm. hum dee dum dee da dum hum dee dum do, 
And uh, and uh, now Teresa's tried to suck me into a discussion about Encanto. Encanto. Mm. Encanto. Encanto. Are you a guy that, you know, we don't talk about Encanto? Is that kind of where you're coming from? <laughs> um, I mean, look, it was fine. It was fine for what it was. <laughs> well, no, let me let, let me just go back for just for a second before we get to Encanto. Um, Book of Bubba Fett, the finale. I know if people are kind of up and down. I was entertained. I thought it was fun. I yeah. did. I, I have no qualms about yep. it. I thought I thought Mandalorian was a better show all around. It mm-hmm. was more of a water cooler show. Everybody was talking about Mandalorian. I think that was partly because it, we we had not had what I considered great Star Wars in a while. So when something great came along, everybody's talking about it. I don't think Boba Fett ma- matched up to it, but it didn't have to. It was an entertaining show, and I thought the finale was fun. So you know, I don't know what everybody's problem with it. With it, with it was it was just a fun show. I think so. I think the finale is one of the more fun, just imagination, mm-hmm. just all over everything. You know, made me feel like a. I've said it, this will be the third or fourth time I said it, a kid playing with toys. <laughs> right. um, it reminded me of Captain America: Civil War. Where you had everybody, yeah, in, in a like lot an, of ways, like an Avengers movie, yeah, but it's really Captain America's movie, yeah. It's almost like that was it for the Boba Fett Star Wars Mandalorian universe, but it was a Boba Fett's mo- show. But everybody Are you was in, in there. So. Boba Fett. I said Boba, Boba Fett. Sorry, I'm it's, talking fast. Boba Fett. It's Boba. 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 Boba Fett. Boba. Um, the, but the whole thing about look, my thing about the Boba Fett show is it was there. Um, and, and I don't know that it's something I'll revisit a lot. I think that the structure of the, I'm just catching up in the conversation. I think the right. structure of the first few episodes were off. I think that maybe you should have done two or three episodes of the back of the flashbacks, you know, and just mm-hmm. had, had a, had a solid cohesive storyline of what got us to him being in the back to tank kind of thing. And right. then going from there, I, I do think that. I like I like Fennec Shan. Teresa talks about how there wasn't enough of her as you got kind of toward the end, especially. Um, I would have liked to okay, see. Okay, but okay, but there's a reason why. There's a reason why I say that. Before the show came out, they made an announcement and they said that Fennec was going to have equal billing in this show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She didn't. She said, "Don't do that right now. Wait, <laughs> don't, do it. don't do it." But here's the thing, Teresa, this and this is and I don't want to get off on this tangent at all, but that's kind of that just goes to show you how much these Hollywood people are trying to pander to people. And and Oh, I know, I understand. So they shouldn't have set it up like No, that they again. shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. But also there's also a whole Star Wars thing where here's this character, they're gonna be the most impactful, most awesome character ever in Star Wars, and um and they've got all of five minutes of screen time, you know. Phasma. <clears throat> right, right, exactly. Phasma, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I think that I would have liked to seen what we did not really... We got to see it a little bit when they get in a fight at, in, like, the first episode on the on the streets of Tatooine. I would have liked to seen see Boba Fett and Fennec Shand actually go on an adventure of some sort together. And, you know, that, that got them out of Moss Espa or whatever the case may be, um, other than blowing up the Sarlacc, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like I would, I feel like there was more for them to do to kind of bond them together other than, well, I saved your life by making you a draw, you know, a mod or whatever I think there was a little bit more that could have been done there to enjoy that relationship a little bit more. And then when you get to the season finale that we got and she's just doing her, 
Breaking Bad thing of like saving oh the gosh, day every time you turn around. The mayor. Yeah. <laughs> right. That but, was awesome. But not All only right. that, like, you know, she say she bailed some people out here and there by getting on the roof with the sniper rifle and doing all this stuff. Yeah, and then when she does the Godfather thing at the end and and kills every kills all the opposition, you know, like, uh, she's scary. You know? Yeah. And and then they're all smiling around the end, like and the thing the great thing about becoming a crime lord are the friends we make along the way. Um <laughs> so, but you know what I want? I want, I want them to give me more Finnick in Bad Batch season two. That way, I actually have enough. You know, <laughs> I've not watched a second of Bad Batch. What about David Dollar? Neither. I've never seen Bad Batch. I don't. I I know about it, but I've never. I didn't watch the Clone Wars. I didn't watch. And I know you don't have to necessarily watch those, but mm-hmm. I didn't watch any of the cartoons. I'm like a Star Wars movie guy, and yeah. I've watched the uh, I've, I've watched the the Star Wars series that we've had the, the live action. That's, okay, you make that's me you you make so. me sad. So when you make me sad when when Star Boba Wars Fett Rebels is a god. Oh, I I don't discount it. I've heard it's phenomenal. I've just never gone back and watched it. Um, at the time when it was coming out, I don't think I was in a position to watch it early on, like years and years ago. And then you of course all of it TV? hit at Disney Plus. It, it's all on Disney Plus now. I just haven't taken the time to do it. I just recently finished all 492 episodes of Law and Order SVU, so that took oh, me two years okay. to do. So I now I'm working my way towards other shows too. So uh, you know, it took me two years of watching SVU. I've so a lot of crime. So when Law and Order SVU is intense, it really is. It really is intense. And you have to take a break when you're watching that if you're trying to like binge watch it because you're gonna start having bad dreams. Well, I usually watch it while I'm working, which is how I watch movies when I'm working. And so, um, you know, and I've heard that Rebels, I've heard Rebels, I've heard Clone Wars. I eventually will get to all those. I just haven't done it yet. Mm. And, you know, I've started to work my way through Gilmore Girls again for the second time. Which I, <gasps> I love, love Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Girls. I do too. Oh. I really do. So working on that. But, yeah. My wife loves Gilmore Girls as well. So your wife show. is a genius. She was really disappointed with the Netflix Gilmore Girls. I was too. Little, yeah. I was too. So, I haven't seen him yet. David, let me ask you this. As someone who yes. has not been privy to the um the 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 Clone Wars and everything, who hasn't watched mm-hmm. it, um what was your reaction to Cad Bane? Were you just kind of scratching your head and and like who is this guy? Did you I, I kind of so watching the reaction to other people, it made me feel like you know how people who've never read the Harry Potter books watch the movies and they're like, these movies are great. And me who've read the books like multiple, multiple times, I'm like, well, I have a few particulars about the movies because <laughs> I kind of feel like the role is reversed with this. Right. Like I know who Cad Bane is. I've seen the character. I could tell, I could point him out to who he is without seeing a name. I just don't know a lot about him. I actually didn't know he was a bounty hunter. Had no idea. Right. Um, and so when I'm like, yeah, it's fine to me and people are nitpicking, I'm like, this must be what I, what, what I seem like to other people who have not read the Harry Potter books, but only seen the movies and like the movies. And so okay. uh, that's, yeah. that's kind of how it was for me. So, okay, hold on. Harry Potter tangent for a second. Yep. Cause you're the same as me. Mm-hmm. All right. Books and all that. Right. What thing is missing from the first movie? That the first movie. So amazing from the first movie, first book. Like what thing is missing from the first book that is just ridiculous that it's not in there? Uh, well, <laughs> There's I, one, there's as soon one as you tell me, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. There's one the big potions, thing. The potions part of getting through the 
all the different. Tests. Oh yeah, yeah. When when he's going to see Quirrell, yes, yes. the uh, the potions with the with the riddles and stuff like that. So yes, yeah. My, I have like a top ten somewhere of the the worst things about the Harry Potter movies, and my biggest thing ever is book six. The, I hate the sixth movie. I think the sixth movie is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. They they botched the Harry Jenny relationship so oh my badly. God. So the Harry, bad. the Harry Jenny kiss, where she drags him up to the room of requirement. Uh, She's like, "Take my I hand." Can stay up That's there awful. Me too. It's so awful. It's so terrible. Yeah. I mean, it ruins the whole like running into the to the room, and there's Ron with a look on his face, and he crunches the glass, and everybody's cheering. That is perfect, and I feel like it wouldn't take that much to film. Like it wouldn't. That's not like a big CGI thing you're having to do. You just get the kids in there and do whatever. Um, that one, and I have a real qualm with the end of the Harry Potter series and the movies, just the the fight in the courtyard and stuff, and how he's, oh my god, now he's walking back through and nobody's hall. paying him any mind, even though he just beat the Dark Lord of the Wizarding World. He's like, oh and everybody's like, you know, hey, how you doing, Harry? I mean, come on, give him God a pat on the back at least. At least the book, you know, there's a there's a big hall thing and going on or whatever. I don't know. I, I have qualms with. I hate. I hate the sixth movie. I really hate the sixth movie. Now, now I know. Now, they love the movies. Now I so, know how. Yeah. Now I know how other podcasts feel when I come on. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start in book two. In book two, yeah. I, <laughs> Listen, I have never been as disappointed with a movie as I was with Goblet of Fire. Because I loved reading Goblet of Fire. Um, I thought after Azkaban that all of the stuff that went on leading up to, of course, that ending was right. so uh -huh. much fun and so much a callback to like the first couple of books and everything and and just so magical. And then and all that stuff got blown by pretty quickly in in the movie to uh, to get to the end and all. So anyhow, but anyhow, well, I, I give, no, I give I a agree. little credit on Goblet of Fire because it's such a long book. And I know, I know, uh, Order of the Fiends is longer, but I feel like more stuff happens in Goblet of Fire. And they were originally going to make that a two, two movies like set, like for Goblet of Fire. And they couldn't find a good place to stop it. And they knew the movie, other movies were coming up. And they knew the eighth book might've been something to break into two movies. So they didn't do two. Um, so I don't really have a ton of problems with Goblet of Fire. I like the movie as a whole and I kind of understand it. I'm glad they cut out the spew stuff, the society. Yeah. Prevention of I, I, that's probably the worst subplot ever. Uh, my favorite, just as a random aside, my favorite part of the entire series is the battle in the Order of the Phoenix and the Ministry of Magic. Yep. That whole battle, that hundred pages is just immense. And like hearing Jim Dale read it, which is what I do every, about every other year, I go through all the books again. Um, every other with Jim Dale. year? Yeah, every other year. Uh -huh. Every other year. Well, so, um, Sir, you read them once a year. I know, I, I know, I know. Game. I know, I should, I should. There's a Stephen King book and the Harry Potter series. And for whatever reason, they rotate. Salem's Lot by Stephen King is one year. The Harry Potter series is another year. Don't ask me why that is. It just you can is. only read and 2022 one is a, 2022 is a year. All right. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking Book of Boba Fett, which got us into the Book of Harry Potter. And we've brought on yet another uh, guest here to Geek Out Loud. Ladies and gentlemen, from also from the Deuce cast, uh, Michael High Nip. <laughs> is, it, is this the 500th episode? Is that one? No, this is, is this is the 278th episode, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Teresa? Well, thanks for joining us on the newscast tonight. Mike, my co-host, Mikey. Hi, Mikey. High How five. Our guests, Steve and Teresa, coming in today. So tonight's whoop, topic. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> High five, David. Woo! <laughs> 
that's what you used to do on the show. You'd high five and act like yeah, you. Yeah, high five Sean. He was in. The, he was in the right. room, mm, right there. With okay. Him, so, All yeah. right. Well, uh, Michael. That Michael that's Nitt. the last time that Steve actually listened to the show. This that's true. Like episode, that was like episode one fifty or something. <laughs> about ten yeah. years ago. Yeah, oh, I've been. Okay. Well, if I'm on it, I'll listen. Um, You're on every single weekend. Every I know. I know. I know. So now I'm forced to listen every single, every single episode. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to newscast. Good night. Have a good night, everybody. I love it, man. I when you guys tweeted that out the other day, I was like, "What are they talking about?" And I'm sitting there in the kitchen with my, and she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Because I've subscribed to the Deuce Cast, right. you know." And, and so you get the downloads. Um, yeah, we don't care if you listen. That's to all the downloads. That's right. That's, that's right. And so don't listen. It's a crappy show. Just get the downloads. So I pulled up the latest. Well, there's so many times you guys are talking about things I don't know because you guys are so well versed in movies and stuff, and you know, and you and and then, God forbid. Michael start talking about how good the last Jedi is, but anyhow, <laughs> but so I, I scrubbed to it and she's like, what is it? And so, and all of a sudden I start talking. She's like, were you on this show? I'm like a long time ago. I don't even remember doing this bit, but it's so great. And I, and listen, if it were, if it were Scott Rife, if it were Garrison Rife and that you were, I think that is such a great bit and I am honored I am honored to be a part of that bit. I think it's well, hilarious. You randomly said it in the end of 500. Like you were talking about something and you just threw that out there. And I don't know if it was like your, the, I can't remember the context. It was like a, somebody had said that something stupid and you were making a joke like, yep, that's the end of the show right, right there. And you just said that. <laughs> okay. And I just pulled that out and I was, and I stuck it on the end. And so, because when I edit the show, Michael doesn't hear the bits. He only mm. hears it after the show is released. Cause I edit the show, put all this stuff in. So when I finished the show, I said, all right, take it away, Steve. And then we so paused funny. for the show to end. And Michael was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Just, <laughs> just, just hold on. You, you'll, you'll see." So I love he it. He texted me. He was like, "Holy crap, that was awesome!" I think it's hilarious, and I appreciate it. Michael, how did you feel about the book of Boba Fett? I liked it overall. Um, I thought uh, chapter um, five and six were outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> You don't know Mandalorian 2.5 Mandalorian season 2.5. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Apparently I'm supposed to have a problem with somebody spinning. I didn't know I was supposed Apparently. to have a problem with somebody spin, spinning. Oh, so. there's the gif where the guy's spinning in there. Yeah. Gun, uh, just, I don't know. I don't I just, know. What I just happened? Said, what spin? Oh yeah. So during one of the firefights, uh, one of the mods does this really cool looking Michael Jackson type of spin move oh, and then he, fires his blaster. Yes, I vaguely remember that. Oh, I'm going to go see yeah. if I can find that right now Shimon, on Disney+. It's Plus. Really weird, That's the problem is his battle cry was Shimon! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully he didn't grab his crotch, which was, which was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought the moonwalk was a little bit over the top, but other than that... Well, it's hard to do in sand, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, really impressive. Really imp- that guy was trying like out... Sand. Yeah, it's coarse and gets everywhere, guys. It does. It really does. <laughs> so, the character's name was Scad. I don't. I don't get that. What? So yeah, the, that's the character's name. There's Drash, which was the female mod, right. as we've and been then told. Scad is this other mod that uh, did the spin move. My response to that was just uh, Emperor Palpatine spinning in um, Attack of the Clones. I believe it was. Uh, with his lightsaber. I mean, there's always been spinning. Yes, he does the corkscrew jump. Yeah, the corkscrew. There's always spinning's just a Star Wars thing. I mean, there's a really awkward spin that Tom Cruise does in Legend with the sword as he's fighting the demon. He does this really right. weird spin where he just spins around, and I don't understand it because well, guys, when I was a kid, I tried it, and I'm like, you would lose so much time just doing this. It's guys, really awkward. If I learned anything from Star Wars, it's this: spinning is a good trick. <laughs> That's right. 
That's That's from episode one. We learned, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Yeah. And sure enough, what happens in episode three when he's getting the droids all off of him? He spins around. He does a little (laughs) spinny move as well. Anakin knows about the spinning. You can jump around in a potato sack from rock to rock. That's (laughs) true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Teresa, that potato sack's really bothering you, isn't it? It bugs me. Like, why can't they give him pants? <laughs> well, now, to be fair, there were times where it looked like his little potato sack had been sewn together to make a little pants, like he's wearing a little jumpsuit. Yeah. Like a little onesie. No. He was in a bag. Uh, he, they put him in a bag. He was in a bag. He was in a bag. <laughs> That's the next Her Universe design, don't you know, Teresa? Oh, my God. Well, you know. I have words about that too, but uh, for now, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. oh no, they've sold out, and they are now just hot topic. I've said, well, it. Sure. said it out loud. No, I mean, you know, I don't blame anybody for that. I Look, do. I, I thought you meant. I thought you meant they were selling out of their product all the time. I'm like, oh, so it's just Hasbro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh I pre God. I pre ordered the Ahsoka Black Series today. Oh yeah, it's a good yeah, looking yeah. figure. Yeah. Um, Don't even get me started about the Star Wars aisle at Target. Uh, listen, oh, dude, it's it's sad. You it have to you have to do sad. everything online these days. I know. Um, like, where's the joy of going from store to store? I Although, wanna... listen, when I found the McClunky Greedo, I was overjoyed because I went to five Targets to find that thing. <laughs> McClunky the little stuff. Yeah, the little stuffy that you squeeze and it says McClunky. Oh, oh really? I didn't know that was such a thing. It took me forever to find that thing. That's and you funny. couldn't find it online unless you wanted to pay a lot of money. Uh, right. I mean, it was on eBay, but I went to like five Targets in Birmingham and found it finally. Well, what about the $230 playset that Hasbro showed off today? <laughs> I know. Oh, God. And by playset, I mean a wall. <laughs> yes. With some accessories, basically. <laughs> Look, if you're going to spend $230 on that, go ahead and, and, and add about 70 to that and get you a vintage Death Star playset. Yes. Now, it's not going to have the little rope that came with it, but that's fine. It's a better playset. It's got an elevator, a trash compactor, a gun that'll pop off the top, a, a retractable bridge, all of that and more on a Death Star playset. Hey, spend you, spend you the same amount of money, get you a Millennium Falcon, a vintage Millennium Falcon. Great playset. Because it's got all kinds of fun things in it, too. Or the Ewok Village. I'll get the Ewok Village. The Ewok Village has a tree that people can slide down because it's hollow. It's got a net. It's got a fire pit. It's got a a swingy boulder. It's got an elevator, too. It's just like, good night. I could not believe (laughs) they're asking for $230 for what basically boils down to a wall and some pillow accessories. (laughs) I have a joke. You what? I have a joke. Okay. Go <laughs> go joke. go ahead. Okay. All right. Why does Voldemort prefer Instagram to Facebook? Because he's got no nose? <laughs> what? Voldemort has no nose. Very snake-like. Well, yeah. No, because he only has followers, not friends. Mm. Uh... All right, Teresa. Thanks for being with us tonight. <laughs> it's been good having you on. Thanks for joining the newscast tonight. Everybody have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, how and many good night. Teresa, how many years is Fangirls Going Rogue on? How how many years is that? You guys have been doing it a long time now, right? Um 15, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, uh, 9? Yeah. Oh, that's nine. awesome. That's not See? how counting goes. You don't go 22, 9. <laughs> I got, I realized I was counting 
stopped counting out loud. <laughs> Which is the next podcast in the Goldiverse. Counting out loud, yeah. <laughs> <It's the math laughs> Welcome to Counting Out Loud, a Sesame Street show. That's right. Hey, I show about numbers. Everybody <clears throat> counts. Man, count out loud. Three. <laughs> <laughs> and today's number four. See you next time on Count Out Loud. <laughs> no, we, no, no. Four. One. That's a Patreon show only. Four. Yeah, that's Patreon Four. only. Yeah, I do have. Here's my problem, guys. I've got so many ideas for Goldiverse shows for Patreon that I can't and I can't get any of them done. Yeah, that's... well, maybe you should record a Disney Vault Talk first. Oh yeah, I was going to ask about that. Is, is what that just, what what I movie mean, are you guys on? Now? I have no idea. You're on, Pixar, you're on the Pixar movies, all right? I know, I know. Okay, so we I feel like on are... Monsters Inc. Maybe no, we're on Ratatouille. Okay. Oh. That was close. Ratatouille is the next one if we ever do it. But I'm also, we need to go back and we need to get some of the animated movies that have come out since we recorded last. Because the last one was this Moana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be Frozen 2, Steve's favorite, Raya. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, didn't ca- I didn't care <laughs> for Academy Frozen 2, if I'm being honest. Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah, I know. Well, Encanto is too. Mm-hmm. And Luca. All of I them. Know. Hadn't All seen Luca. Hadn't seen Luca. Um, I, I did not care for Raya all that much. And I didn't care for Frozen 2 all that much, to be honest with you. <gasps> you heard. It was I good. Was, it was good. I said it. You heard me. I don't think it was great, but it was good. Here's the thing. I think it's because I'm a grown man. Okay, that I didn't care for. You're not supposed to like. Look, there is an 80s rock ballad in Frozen 2 that you would there love. Is. I yeah. saw Frozen 2. What 80s rock ballad? It's like this whole montage in the woods. Lost in the woods, I think. Yeah, but it's not eighties. It's just a montage. No, it cries eighties. It cries out eighties. It's sung in an eighties style. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, and it's the the visuals are Queen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's. Okay, but wait, I have I have a good story that is Disney related. Okay, my mom bought us tickets, Greg and I, to the Disney Princess concert. Oh, where it's yeah. like the mm-hmm. Broadway singers and Susan Egan, who was Meg in Hercules. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, singing all different princess songs, like from the Renaissance of Disney and everything. And then they're like, but we have without the original three princesses. And they start playing the Snow White song, the first Snow White song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Because, you know. She sings in the most high-pitched way possible. And I was like, please, dear God, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do the it. wishing well song? Yes, I, I know. At, I, oh, oh, yeah. I'm wishing. I'm wishing for the, for the one, one I love. Yeah. Oh, it's just not, yeah. Can't handle okay. it. Can't handle yeah. it. Nails and chalkboard. So high-pitched. And I looked at Greg, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And she brought that song down like three octaves. And I was like, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> so, so she was like, "I'm wishing." Like, really. She brought it down to like normal, you know. I'm wishing for the one I love to find me. Yeah. I love it. That's what that's what's sung by the baritone in the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> <laughs> the the, if anybody listening to Geek Out Loud gets an Oak Ridge Boys reference, then Oh come just, on. You talking about Elvira? Everybody knows Elvira. 
Oh, am, am I one of the first ones to bring up the Oak Ridge Boys in the Goliverse in, in quite a while? I don't, yeah, you know, I don't think probably. since it's yeah. probably an episode of the Big Honkin' Show that got brought up, you know, because of Hoombop and Mau Mau. Yeah, yeah. How Silver Away. That's not even my favorite Oak Ridge Boy song. Far from it. <laughs> I don't know that I know another Oak Ridge Boy song. I don't know song. that I know another one either. Oh, they're great. Other than I mean, some I can the... start talking about Oak Ridge Boys, but I don't want to bore the audience. No, go ahead. <laughs> what is your favorite Oak Ridge Boy song? <laughs> Probably Y'all Come Back Saloon. That's a good song. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> David could be making this up. Play tambourine and uh, something jingle. And she knew, that she, she knew the words to every single tune. Um, but the one that most requested was Late Night, Something Cowboy, and Y'all Come Back Saloon. That's good luck. That. My favorite is I Love You Like a Hardwood Soul. look like <laughs> heaven? Lips like cherry wine? Now I heard I heard that the dude with the long beard on Oak Ridge Boys, um Golden. That he was uh that he kinda bumps a little. Got a, I don't know what that means. Got a got a smell <laughs> got an odor about him. Ah. Here oh, you go. You mean funks. Gotcha. Here you go. So, He's got a funk about him. With a Silver jingle, and she uh, must have known the worst. Worst these days, million. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, what is something, going on? something, cowboy. So, <laughs> is the song is, is y'all come back saloon? All right. Now, is the '80s song y'all talking about "Lost in the Woods"? Yes. yes. Okay. Here we go. You got to get it in the middle, though. All right. Yeah. Now I turn around and find I am lost in the Okay, I remember that. Yeah, it's got kind of a uh, it's got almost kind of a Chicago feel to it. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Chicago. It's it's a great song in a good movie. Not I don't think at first he's great. You know, Steve, how we always talk about how they do the the key song from the movie by like some celebrity and it's always like not as good. Right, right. Okay, Unless well, in Beauty this one, in this one, it's better than the original. Oh. So the uh, the Weezer version, the unknown by Panic at the Disco. Okay, so yeah. much better. Okay, well, you know, I I think that uh, Celine Dion's version of Tale as Old as Time is better than what was in the film. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I think that's that's my favorite. So we actually just did a, our our we just did a episode on love song Disney love songs on oh, the Mainstream wow. Electrical Podcast. What was about Peebo uh, Bryson? That was my number one. So. Was Peebo Bryson featured? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he had to have been. Yeah, because sure. he he's on he's actually on two. He's on a whole new world and mm-hmm. Beauty. Were you not so on? What what show was that on, David? The Main Street Electrical Podcast, a Disney oh, podcast. Okay. It's my Disney podcast. Comes out the every Main day. Street Electrical Podcast. That's correct. Nice. Yeah. Disney podcast that he's never had me on. <sighs> you know what? Your name has come up several times. Yeah. Your name has come well, up several that's times. And, that's about as far as it gets, though. I know it to Steve, and Steve was like, why would you want to have me on? So, I mean, I just... He, yeah, when he asked me to come on, I'm like, I don't know that I'm good for a Disney podcast. Uh, <laughs> I am. I, it, Teresa is. Listen, the expert on Disney Vault Talk is Teresa. There's no... Teresa, we, okay, so here's... Here, the, the, okay, so Jen, which is a good friend of mine, she also is the, the owner of our agent, travel agency that I work with. Um, we wanted to start a series doing the eras of Disney films, starting with the golden era, kind of ranking those movies in that golden era, talking about just those movies, you'd be perfect for that. Because there's nobody else I'm thinking of right now. They probably could talk about Snow White and Dumbo and Fantasia and Bambi knowledgeably enough 
you know, they might like one of those movies, but not really talk about all of them except for you. So I would love to have you on for, for, for that when we start that series. If you'd be I can willing. do that, but do I have to talk about Pinocchio? You don't have to. Oh, <laughs> listen, we don't talk about Pinocchio. No, no, no. Oh, Bruno. That's actually where I was going. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk Pinocchio. No, no, no. Nose, nose, nose. Now, I'll tell you what. You want to talk about love songs just in movies in general. I'll give you a quick, uh, let's, let's, let's run them down. Uh, Teresa, you got a favorite love song out of any movie, Disney or otherwise? Ooh. Ooh. Um, um, I have to think for a second. Okay, take it to Michael Hynep. Uh I always just go back to everything I do, I do for you. Oh yeah, my I gosh, that's a great, that. that is a great yeah. one. Yeah, I, I just go back to that. I just, uh, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, I'm not, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't argue that point. Yeah, I'm going to have to think about it for a second, too. I feel like rifling through my cassette singles just to see if I see something. Anything from The Bodyguard. Come on. Sure. Well, it's true. I mean, Queen of the Night or uh, Run to You is amazing. I Have Nothing is amazing. Come on Uh, now. I'm trying to think of my my, my 10 favorite songs, if any of them are actually from movies. Um, Okay, so the, the song that stands out to me, and I don't know if it's actually a love song, but it's kind of, it kind of is because it's really pivotal to the movie, is the song that the main character sings in a walk to remember uh from the from the stage when she's is like that, performing in the theater is that mandy moore Mandy yeah. Moore, yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah that song hmm i don't know that i one. can i can tell you my favorite use of a song in a movie if that helps yeah go for it um uh notting hill ain't no sunshine when she's gone the scene mm. when Hugh Grant is walking through, and basically the scene represents the entire year because he's walking through, and it, the way it's shot, the way it's done is so incredible. You look at the background, you see all these characters that every every time he crosses another block and as the seasons change, they're changing as well. So you see a pregnant woman at the very beginning of the whole scene. At the end of the scene, she's holding a baby. You see his sister with a guy that she's holding hands with. At the end of the scene, she's hitting him on the arm. She's mad at him and crying because she's breaking up with Like that whole scene is just incredible to me that one and the almost famous scene uh with uh, tiny dancer when when he jumps off the roof into the yeah. pool he gets on the bus and they're all that to me those two scenes are just incredible well there you um, go you so just and you just and you've just talked and you've just spoken Kristen's language by bringing up uh uh almost famous almost yeah. famous yeah oh it's so. my 10th favorite movie of all time so i love it well i tell you i I think that love songs Ooh. from a movie is is a great everything. I don't think you get better at everything I can do, but I always go to this one for some reason. Out of mm-hmm. Karate Kid Two, of course. Yeah. Is very clear. You got. I thought of this because of the song "Sound Like Chicago" a while ago in the Frozen mm-hmm. Two, and now I've got. Hold on, let me see. Frozen Two. Uh, we got there. Were you doing Disney Dog Disney Vault Talk? We got to do this again. Um, somehow we got into. Uh, in Canto, in, back to Book of Boba Fett. Um, okay. So, <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to let you guys do that. All right. I'm going to dip out, but it's been super fun. I miss yes. you guys. Teresa, I will be in touch with you. Seriously, we will, we'll get you on the show. I think you know, I, how, to, you know how to find I do. Me I will heart. find you. I will find you. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Ooh, I don't want to miss a thing from our end. See you, Teresa. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Bye. See you later. Um, uh, se- separate lives from White Knight by Phil Collins, uh, nineteen eighty-five. Well, fantastic. You, you guys mentioned Martin. you guys mentioned Bodyguard earlier, didn't you? With all, um, oh, yeah, I'll yeah. always that's love a you. Great yeah, that's a good general. one. Indeed, one it really films. is. Yeah. 
Um, so, okay, back to Book of Boba Fett real quick, because you guys were talking about some of the... Re- you were. I, I need to go back to Cad Bane. That's where we'd kind of gotten yeah. to with you, yeah. David, because you said you saw some reactions that people weren't happy about it. Oh, there, just I mean, the look of him. Yeah, people... But those and, are people that you don't need to pay attention to. But too, again, those, those are people, people that are... are that are yeah. so familiar with the text that like this is how they should look. Again, I compare it to people who are so familiar with the Harry Potter books, they're not happy with the movies. There you go. That's that's right. That's, that's, that's where we so, got off on all that. Yeah. So here's the thing about the look of Cad Bane. This is Cad Bane like some almost 30 years later, practically. Yeah, he's an old dude. Yeah. 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 And so who knows how Duros people age, you know? And I I thought he looked fantastic. What do you think, I Nip? You're a Clone great. Wars guy. Yeah, no, I thought he looked fantastic. I mean, that's how I would want the character to look when you're translating him from animation to live action. I, I don't think that he should look any other way. And to your point, he's 30 years older. Some people were complaining about the size of his hat. I was like, these people are nitpicking, like, <laughs> ridiculously. I mean, it's just <laughs> so stupid. Well, I mean, but let's put not for... Put but, him on the shelf with Darth Maul and General Grievous as amazing villains. We got hardly anything out of. But like, well, we now we got a lot. Of we got a lot out of them in the Clone Wars. But you don't do the that's true. You that's haven't true. seen that yet. But here's that. the thing about the hat situation: the Clone Wars characters are stylized very yep. much in their animation style. So, like that's like saying, "Well, Yoda's eyes aren't big enough on the puppet." Mm-hmm. You know, well, come on, man. This was a stylized dude in the animation series, so his hat is going to be stylized to be a little bit more wider brimmed and that sort of thing. I love the Clint Eastwood kind of look that he had going. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He's actually, if you think about like it, this. and I don't Great know how fun. familiar you are with good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Sure. He's actually more like the Lee Van Cleef character in that. Mm, that's right. Because um, yes. he's yeah. got the, the black duster and the black hat. I mean, he's much more like, I know some people were comparing him to uh, Clint Eastwood's character. I think he's more like Lee Van Cleef because he's the villain. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right there. I think that's exactly right. Um you're right. The duster, the hat, everything is, is, is spot on. That's, that's a great pull there, but it's definitely of that old Western oh, sure. style. And, yeah. Yeah. and, and if I had any, I don't have many complaints about the show at all. If I want to be critical, I mean, obviously there are things you can be critical about with it. I, mm-hmm. I feel like my biggest criticism is for me, it's there, you know, like it, it's, I liked it. I'm not against it. I'm not super for it. Nothing really super excited me. You know, outside of like, you know, Michael, you came on and said you liked episodes five and six, but there are are some other things they did almost too heavy handedly. And some of it was the this is a Western kind of Mm -hmm. stuff in some of those episodes, because, look, Star Wars is part Western. It really is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Star Wars has a little bit of everything in it. You know, it's just got a science fiction backdrop to everything. And but it does definitely pull from westerns and mythology and fairy tales and soap operas and all this other stuff. But if you go too heavy-handed in one of those in one of those ways, for example, if you get too soap opery, you get a chunk of Attack of the Clones that just doesn't really work that great. If you go too fantastical, you know, you get uh, you, you get some of the more not the Mortis kind of stuff, but there were some like the some of the Jar Jar stuff from that final season of, of or of the, the, Clone the Purgles. Wars. I mean, yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and if you go too heavy handed with the Western, you get something that is straight out of a Western that's supposed mm-hmm. to be on Tatooine, you know. And right down to the like the shots of the eyes as they you know reaching for their guns and that oh yeah, sort of I mean thing, it was all know. very intentional. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I just feel like it was a little too intentional, you know what I mean? Like a little too sure. heavy-handed. 
I, I kind of feel like Boba Fett might have been the weakest part of the book of Boba Fett. I mean, like, and that's unfortunate, just, you know, like, it is because I feel I, I don't I mean, honestly, I know the whole show was about him and I know they had to do something with the character. They couldn't just make him this bad guy the whole time. So they they gave him morals and they gave him a, a character arc. Um, I, I just I feel like he was the while the show was about him, he was almost like it, like the a supporting character to everybody else that I wanted to know more about. <laughs> so, I'm gonna, I, okay, um, I'll but, I'll push yeah. back just a little bit, just because I've we've seen if you've watched the Clone Wars, you've mm-hmm. seen Bo- not, so Boba from go. being a young man and losing his father, obviously uh, in in the films, and right. then he never had that family, and it was quite moving to me to see him be taken in by the Tuscan Raiders and find a family uh, in that circumstance, um, which he had never really had before. And so that, I don't know. I, I, I kind of bought into it a little bit. I, I liked the Boba Fett stuff, actually. I, I liked, I, I didn't feel like pulled in by the family aspect of it, because again, you know, you, you have this brutal set of killings there at the end by Fennec Chan and then they're just right. walking down the street and he's bound to everybody and they're having their little moment and you know and truly you know and then all of them circle up and it's like it's so glad we've got each other guys um to me you're getting a little formulaic with the with the Star Wars shows in general because you kind of had similar stuff go on with Mandalorian and, and, and that sort of thing but um but I, I I agree with you David in the sense that here is the guy who was supposed to be the baddest bounty hunter in all the galaxy, mm-hmm. you know, a name to be feared. I think that definitely going down into the Sarlacc pit that when he came out, he was in a lot of ways reborn. And right. his goal was, I will never work for anyone again. People are going to work for right. me. Working with the Tuscans, he learned the whole honor stuff and all that stuff because that's nothing he learned from his dad and nothing no. he learned from R.S. Singh or Cad Bane or any of those guys. There's no honor. No. In the words of Dusty Rhodes, there's no honor among thieves anyway. Um, <laughs> but I do think that what you have with 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 him was an opportunity. That doesn't mean he doesn't he can't still be you know B.A in everything that he right. does. And he was, dude, when we're introduced to Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, when he co- when he shows up with that armor on on that planet while while baby Yoda's up there contacting Luke or whoever, you know, through the mm-hmm. force, and he shows up and he kicks the crap out of those stormtroopers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we didn't see any of that really. Um right. and and that's kind of the the unfortunate thing. Like we Finnick was right in the sense that he needed to give a little bit more of a show of strength than what he did. He just expected everyone to fall in line because he killed Bib Fortune and was done with it. Right. Um, and and when they didn't, you know, it's like, you know, I understand he needed to get muscle and he needed all that good stuff, but I, I think that we missed an opportunity. I think they missed an opportunity to really let Boba Fett break bad, especially in those earlier episodes, and kind of show off, okay, he is someone to be feared. Um, yeah, I mean, we we saw that a bit in the in the finale. I mean, well, yeah, the in the finale, took I, out Bane. But, yes, I mean, yes, in, right. Yeah, but I'm so. saying at the at the in in earlier, I think it it would have been, I think it would have been a little bit better. So, but look, overall, I enjoyed yeah. it. I you know I can't complain about this show that much, um, right. especially when you get to to the chapters five and six. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that was the stuff that that a lot of people and you know some people 
are missing out from skipping the show altogether just because I heard a lot of people just not interested in watching a Boba Fett show. Mm -hmm. They missed episodes five and six, which was all Mando stuff. Um, you know, the, the thing, the thing that is on social media is if they just would have called it the Mandalorian book of Boba Fett or something like that, then probably everybody would have watched the show, Maybe, but it's just a marketing thing. But but if they, if they had done that, then everyone that was watching it because it was, it was, you know, billed as the Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett Mm -hmm. would have been disappointed that the Mandalorian didn't show up until the fifth episode. Right. Um, Right. You know, and, and so I look, Here's the thing. I don't think Boba Fett is a marketable name. I don't think the marketing was wrong at all in what they did. I I do think that there's an expectation, wrongfully so, to be honest with you, that comes with Boba Fett by a lot of people. What Because if all you saw is the films, like David, <laughs> what you know of Boba Fett is Boba Fett as a child, saying, mm-hmm. get him, Dad, yeah, to Boba Fett <clears throat> with all of... 90 seconds of screen time, basically, you know, and, and look, he made an impact. Don't get me wrong. Boba Fett made an impact. I was a kid who knew that. And and just from his look and his walk and the way he talked to Darth Vader, I knew that guy was someone to be reckoned with. But Mm -hmm. for some reason, I, just like everyone else, forgot that he went out like a chump, you know, (laughs) right. Where? You know, which, hey, how great was it that that gimmick got used in the season premiere or whatever it was of The Mandalorian when Cobb Vanth is wearing the armor and oh, Mando's yeah. like, you got to get out of here. And he just hits the button, too, and sends him flying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I'm like, OK, I see. I see you, Dave Filoni. Yeah, you know, that's what happened in, in, in Return of the Jedi. And I thought, hey, that button's still there and it probably still works. So why not have him just hit that thing? Uh, <laughs> But I, listen, there's so much crimey stuff that goes on in Star Wars mm-hmm. that I think there's just a lot more you can do going forward, you know, with more Boba Fett, more Finnick. Look, where's Dengar? Where's Zuckus? Oh, where, yeah. Where's Zuckus, yeah. Where's Forlom? Where is Bosk? Where is uh, Where is IG88? You know, is oh, I he can't his... wait to see the Book of Dengar. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Where's Lom? I no, mean... it's Forlom. Forlom. Not L O M. No, for Lom. For Lom. <laughs> it's an ad at. Uh, <laughs> but Mark Hamill says it best. Boba Fett was the only person to talk back to Vader. You know, yeah. what if he doesn't make it? He's worth a lot to me. You know, that kind of thing. And, well, and, and Vader even knew to tell Boba Fett no disintegrations. I mean, he knew to tell him that because yeah. he had a reputation. Yeah. So, you know. Well, and then Garrison Ryman says he wished they did more of the Godfather stuff. I kind of agree with that. I think that like that ending with Finnick is so Godfather. Oh yeah, you know where yeah. just all the enemies are getting taken out, and and I, the only way it could have been more like the Godfather is if they'd have been having some kind of weird coronation ceremony for Boba Fett while it's happening. You know, other than Grogu's up there. Yeah. Well, I mean, she she'd to take everybody out the whole season. I mean, she she had been wanting to just use violence the whole season. Yeah, this was like Christmas <laughs> comes to Tatooine and Fennec Shan's like, I got everything I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things, though, I'd have loved about this, and I guess even The Mandalorian, is that, you know, having not seen the cartoons, uh, the, the series. Uh, Dave, the that's animated series. series. Sorry, the, animated, yeah. the animated epics. Um, 
I, you know, I don't see these other characters that I have action figures for when I was 10. I had a hammerhead and mm-hmm. a walrus mm-hmm. and a bosk yep. and an ugnaught. And all of a sudden, all these characters have come to life and they actually have parts. They actually have roles like watching IG-88 and the Mandalorian go to town with those guns and spinning around. Well, that, that was an 88, cool. but I mean, I well, know what no, you mean. Though. Sorry. You know what I mean? Um, for me, it was an IG-88 because that's what I had. That's and right. so, you know, my parents didn't buy me anything cool or Luke Skywalker with the uh, with the with the with whatever I got like. At at pilot and uh, Cloud City pilot mm-hmm. and you know um, ATST commander. Those are the ones I got. So I'm familiar yeah. with the ancillary characters that had very little screen time. <laughs> well, here's the thing, like, dude, I, I love that you bring up like the IG88 deal because IG11, which is basically IG88, and everything, every figure that they have of him, Black Series and otherwise, mm-hmm. they of course it's the IG88 mold. But right. when he's, um, I've got the vintage collection one right here in my hands right now I'm fiddling with. And like his head turns, the different levels of his head spin like they do in, in the thing. And to see if we saw an actual, if we saw actual IG-88 show up doing what IG-11 did in The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. you know, and either siding with Boba Fett or having to fight against him either way. It's like I'm there for that, you know. That stuff, yeah. that yeah. Shadows oh, yeah. of the Empire out of the '90s stuff, you know, yep. where they're going back and forth. And I think his ship was called the Houndstooth, but now they probably just call it like the YG93 or something. Um, you <laughs> yeah, know, you can't call it the Houndstooth. But you're right, like Walrus Man, Greedo. Um, when you talk about Ugnots, you know, that's what uh, Quill was, of course, right. in, in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. You know, and and all we knew of them was those squealy guys that got in a fight with Chewie over 3PO. And right. and, and I just, I think that, that they've done a great job of kind of expanding some of these things. But there are those classic ancillary characters, um, like like the true IG-88 or the Bosk, you know. They're saving right. them. They're saving yeah. them for something big, I think. I, I hope so. I, like, I don't yeah. want them to be forgotten and just thrown away. You yeah. know, no, I, that, no, they won't. Well, you mean like oh, 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 Marco? He's not even he's he's done prune face. They yes, right. They don't even acknowledge that he exists anymore. Why don't they do that? I wonder. I don't know. It's if you look on the StarWars.com's data bank, he's not even in there anymore. Shut up. He's gone. But he's there at the Battle of Yavin or the Battle of Endor. Right. Uh, it had something to do with one of the Windig books, and I just. Uh, I don't care about Wendig books. So well, mm-hmm. neither neither do I, sir. Neither do I. <laughs> so. Wendig books are dumb. <laughs> they actually are not great, to be honest with you. Um, uh, Daniel Landy says IG eighty eight was a twenty five percent different per contract uh, than IG eleven, so that's why they went with eleven. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's a good point. But I mean, we've point. seen Trandoshans. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. so so Bosk is definitely a possibility. He has connections to Boba Fett from the Clone Wars days and also being there uh, in the crowd that was going. Listen, to me, like I in my mind, what I see is are the trading cards that I had as a child mm-hmm. with the different mm-hmm. with the pictures of those bounty hunters from Empire on there, you know, and 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 those characters have become so iconic and haven't really been used that much in anything outside of like tales of the bounty hunters in the nineties or, or some of the comic stuff that's going on. The animated, he, the, he, you know, they were in the animated series, but I mean, you know, uh, if in what, Dengar an, comes, what animated series? Dengar was, Dengar and, was in clone wars. Yeah. Yeah. And boss. And, and that's what I'm saying. Too. Bosk was in there, 
But I'm yeah. talking about, you know, we haven't done anything with Zuckus or 4LOM or 4LM, no, what no, do you want to call yeah. them? You know, and I, no, 4LOM's not been around, yeah. You know, I think there's a, I think there's an opportunity to actually even bring that whole crew together, A-Team style. Right. That's yeah, kind of what right. I want to see is like an A-Team style bounty hunter show, you know, like like where they're just doing stuff to do stuff, you know, to make the money and to, you know, to pull the big hauls. And then before you know it, they've it gotten in like over the their suicide head. Squad. They're all pulled out of the prison and they're all sent on a mission together, mm-hmm. uh, even though they don't like each other. And, you know, they're all bounty hunters with different skills and stuff. And, you know, I think that works. Oh, perfectly. I do. I do a hate. <laughs> I mean, I do a hateful eight kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, I watch that. Yeah. Where my only concern with them bringing Dengar in is there. They'll have a propensity to have Simon Pegg in that role, and I do not want that. I don't think Simon oh. Pegg would play the physical role of Dengar. They they would want to because he voiced him. They yeah, would want to try and bring him in. That's like and saying they, that, but they didn't try to bring Ashley Eckstein in to do Ahsoka. Well, that was, yeah, th- there was reasons <laughs> for that. Simon, look, Steve, come on. I know, Simon, Simon Pegg. Big, bigger name than Ashley Eckstein. Well, I don't even think it's about being a bigger name. I think it's about thinking the right way. But anyhow. Um, but that's none of my business. That's none of my business. <laughs> you didn't hear that from me. Uh, <laughs> Teresa, not a fan of her universe anymore. No, nope. I was like, ooh, Teresa's done that? with that. Yeah, she said they sold Look, out. Everybody wow. sells out. You, if somebody called Steve tomorrow and said, "I will give you half a million dollars for the Geek Out Loud name," Steve would do it in a heartbeat. Take it. Take it all. In the I words, mean, we, in the words of the Hulk from the end of Eric Bana's Hulk, take it all. We, we said that about the newscast. I was like, "Hey, Mike, yeah. you're going to record now." Somebody bought me lunch and gave me twenty dollars, so the, the, the exactly. show's gone. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, that's basically I sold it. I sold to Steve Gloss. He bought it out. Hey, so it's over. Hey, I don't know that they'd have to pay me five hundred thousand dollars. I, I would. I'd probably go a lot less. Less than well, that. I was just being kind. Yeah, I, was, I would you sell know. your podcast for five hundred thousand dollars. Not a problem. I'd straight up sell it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you You're for welcome. that. No, I can give you some of it. I'm saying I'm saying I don't think that I'd have to let me see. Let me see what geekoutloud.com is currently going for today. Uh, oh but, yeah. No, no, no. I mean the but they'd get the back catalog. They'd get all the stuff though. I that's mean, fine. I'm talking even uh, you know, big honkin show. You'd have to give it all. Oh, I they're wanting the big honkin show too? They're, they're, this is for everything. This is for basically for you to 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 sell your like your what is it? Uh, do, like Kramer, do like yes, Kramer. Do like Kramer did and and the like nil Cr- portal. <laughs> yeah, I because yeah, I'm an nil NFT or like Kramer in uh, who sold all his stories to Peterman in Seinfeld. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a that's a it's a Peterman now. That's a Kramer. It's a good Kramer. No, it's a Peterman. What do you mean I can't well, do I, Geek Out Loud? I'm Steve Glosson. Not anymore. You're not. Michael, you're a you're a Sting fan. I saw the headline yes. earlier that Sting sold his catalogs in the police catalog. Well, is they that, all are. They everybody's like, doing that now. I guess because I mean, why old would you would like, do? Why keep it? Uh, yeah, why keep? Why wouldn't you do that? That's right. like a, a cool. How much did he make on that? Probably millions of dollars. I, probably, probably I mean, hundreds. Probably hundred million bucks. Hundred, sure hundred million. Million. Well, when you can when you consider that they're not making money from the streaming rights and stuff, right? You right. know, yeah. well, paying very little. Right. So why not? Because they didn't hold out like a def, like Def Leppard held out so long, and some of these other mm-hmm. bands held out so long before they went streaming, and to to get decent deals. And some of these other people that didn't, they don't have great money. But you get more money at the age that he's at to sell this stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, do that for sure. All that Sting does nowadays is just release albums with him playing the lute, anyways. So I mean, it's <laughs> it's not like he's doing pop songs anymore. No, I meant the wrestler. He sold his video. Oh, you meant the wrestler. Listen, <laughs> when you said Mikey's a big Sting fan, I thought, oh gosh, we're about to do Mark out loud. Where's Dave Jones? <laughs> And when I said police, I meant the big boss man. That's so, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're selling all their stuff. From Cobb County, Georgia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, what did you think I meant? I, well, I thought for a minute you meant Sting of the police. You know, Roxanne. Yeah, you got to know your audience, Dave. If, you're t- if right. you say Sting, Steve goes straight to the wrestling. That's, I mean, look, I, it's not a lie. It's not a lie. So, uh, yeah, no, Bruce Springsteen. Year, by the way. Bruce Springsteen sold his too. I yep, mean, I everybody that. is. Yeah. I mean, ev- everybody's doing that now. I mean, that's the, the thing to do. But what that's going to end up doing as well is with all of these, with these companies that have gone, you know, and, and like have all the streaming rights on, that, mm-hmm. that will, that no matter what kind of deal you have with any type of broadcast type copyright thing, uh, you go on YouTube and try to play some music and they're like, nope, take it down. Mm-hmm. And, or you know, or you can't make you can't monetize this. Or whatever. Like our church has a streaming license for mm-hmm. for music, and and yep. we'll get dinged on hymns sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and so we're not interested in monetizing our channel at all, of course. But it's still like, is this real life right now? Like this is a public domain song and tune. Yeah. Speaking and, of, I mean, for him, sold their catalog for five hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> I mean, no, they, they paid I wanna to be a man that you would write about. Well, the, the thing was, Steve, they were trying to get back to the basics of life. Oh, uh, well, they need to. They need to. <laughs> you know, and we're because we're there is faith. You know, they know where there's right. faith. Well, Guys, I'm not gonna look. I, I look. I'm okay with closing out Geek Out Loud this way. I have been <laughs> on a '90s Christian music, late '80s oh, yeah. into early '90s Christian music kick. For a while now, oh yeah, I've got a playlist set a playlist set up that's nost- I just say nostalgia Christian, and I've got everything mm-hmm. from Stephen Curtis Chapman to Carmen and swinging back around. I've got some for him on there, some Jeff Moore mm-hmm. in the distance, a little bit of Jars of Clay might sneak its oh, way run, in there, baby. you know. So PFR, uh, come on now. Uh, well, right, I'm not a big right now. PFR was kind oh, of more toward on. the mid '90s, and I wasn't all about them. Oh, what, you, if hey, you, I, when I posted on Facebook the other day about like how whenever I hear the words fire up uh, get, get, gather up your horses it fires yes, me Yes, I saw that. I got so many freaking people Oh, that's because people that. love that, people that like, era. Yeah. That was the so, best era of Christianity. Then you could tell the sinners, they were like who? who, who yeah. What is this? What is this? What do you mean <laughs> saddle up your horses? <laughs> like, oh, are you guys covering westerns on the next Deuce cast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have a podcast. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Saddle up your horses. Down, down, Dude, let me. I was listening me... to Nicole Nordman the other day, and it was just, it was moving. Uh, watermark. Jeez. Come on now. I love Watermark. Welcome to Delaware. It was what I call, if I have a life song, Welcome to Delaware is my life song. I teach, it's, it's, I teach our incredible. youth. I teach our youth in Sunday school at our church, our teenagers. And I mentioned the other day, saddle up your horses. And like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And so I pulled it out. That's an audience, yeah. So I pulled it out and and played it for them. And they're like, oh, that's in that movie that we watched. And there's some Christian movie that features a version, a cover version. It's uh, it's on Netflix. Oh, is that the one with... We uh, went away or we go away. Andy Grant was in it? Yeah, Earl watched it. Doctor Earl watched. It. I don't know. It's like yeah. the summer camp. Is, yeah, is yeah. it one week or something like that? Yeah, yes. a week away. 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 Exactly. A week. Yeah. Okay, I did that joke with them. That's right. 
They told me, I, I'm like, guys, I lived Christian camps and stuff. I don't need to watch a movie about them at all. I don't feel nostalgic. I didn't go to like camp camp, but we had like our little Christian retreats and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, see, that's always the other thing I want to do. This year, yes, Panama, you better believe it, Laguna Beach, it was baby. always to Panama. Yes, I love that mess. <laughs> well, and when I was a youth pastor, college, so. when I became a youth pastor, where do you think I took my youth? You better believe it, sucker. Um, it was either Panama City or Pigeon Forge. It was, it, yes, it was either, yes. It just depends on which way you want to go. <laughs> Living that Southern yes, Baptist Shaka. life. Um, yep. the, uh, the, the, but that, here's the thing. This year marks 50 years since the formation of Petra. Oh, wow. And That's so. Crazy. Wow. I couldn't name one Petra song if you, if you put a smoking like Bible. Petra. Really? I love Petra. They're like my well, they favorite. Were, by the time I got into it, like I said, I didn't become a Christian until till I was in college. Okay. So I was in, this was 95. So I was, I was oh. into talk, Jennifer Knapp, yeah. Watermark, yeah. Uh, Audio Adrenaline, back before, I mean, like, see, back in you the got, day, you day. got crappy. Boys. Yeah, you I got crappy Petra. Stuff. You got crappy Petra. You got, yeah, I missed um, the Steve Green yeah. and, the, and the early Amy Grant and, you know, and the, the second chapter of Axe. I missed all that. You got so. no doubt it'll be all right. We like got, that. yeah, that was Petra. Like whatever then. was on Wow 96, that's what I got. Yes. <laughs> when will the world see that we need Jesus? Yeah, that was Petra at that time. Uh, dude, I'm telling you what. I, so I want to do kind of a branch, an offshoot of Rock Out Loud called about Petra, like, and just walk through their discography and everything. Petra Out Loud. <laughs> Guys, I've got tons. No, I would call it like. Uh, I'm on the rock or on the rock or something like that. Yeah, I don't have a You should call it walk out loud. Walk out loud. Well, they, their first walking their, with Jesus. Their first song on their first album is called "Walking in the Light." There you oh, go. See, I thought walk you said out walk loud. out loud. I was like Chinese cuisine. No, not walk. Yeah. <laughs> no, walk out loud is my new cooking show that I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good cook too, though. I enjoy I mean, it. Um, but the uh, the other thing, and and I'm just t- I'm putting this out there because I've got to make it happen, is I want to do uh, a a show that is uh, called Lifting Up the Car, an Incredible Hulk retrospective. Oh, and 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 okay. I and I want to not do commentary, but like just kind of talk about individual episodes of the Incredible Hulk in order, starting with the pilot. And the reason I want to call it Lifting Up the Car is because in that first episode, um he's trying to figure out the secrets of people like having all this strength and everything. And one of the ladies he's talking to is like her son was trapped in the car and she's like, and I was lifting up the car. I was lifting up the car. And that just always, I'm like, that's always been one of the funniest things to me, the way her delivery of that. And so I'm like lifting up the car an incredible Hulk retrospective. That's almost like a, that's almost as convoluted a name as whatever Rifen and and Shaz called their Battlestar Galactopod. The yeah the the battle pod the, the battle pod Galactocast. Um, no, it, it was something like Castalacta Battle Pod. It's Colonial Movers, man. Yes, yeah, colo- exactly. Colonial, yeah. like, come on. The, I mean, yeah, it sounds like someone I'm going to call because I've got a couch that I need to get to my office from my house. <laughs> Colonial Movers, well, we're moving hard today. <laughs> hey, you guys got that newfangled air-conditioned van? We sure do, sir. All right. <clears throat> got our Cylon special. So, guys, listen, I did I yeah. did to you on purpose what you often do to me, and I, and I, and tried, I loved it. And I got in touch it, with you at the last minute possible. 
No, and I and I loved it, and I would have jumped on it. I had other crap going on right at the time when you called. So Since I when do you buy. have kids, Nip? Oh man, I've had I've got a eleven year old. It's like eleven year old, eleven years ago. Old, yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, mean, I never I've realized had you had kids, man. Oh yeah, man. You I've, act like I've such had. a single guy. I know, I know. I try. It's all it's all a, a oh, mask. there are jokes there. I feel yeah. like our whole I feel like our whole relationship is a lie. <laughs> well, you know. Look, there's some, you know, there's some parts of your life you keep private every once in a while. I don't, I do talk about my kids quite a bit. Listen, podcast, when we I went think. to the first Ruby Tuesday in Birmingham, yeah, you never told one. me that. That was such I, a. I did have kids well, then. To be yeah. fair, you didn't ask. This is true. This is true. That's true. I just assumed. I just assumed. Just assumed I mean, that there's no way this guy has children. <laughs> well, I don't think it was a bad. It was more of an educated guess than an assumption. Right. Like based on everything I see from this dude, not a no dad. way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, they're, listen. They're congratulations the... on keeping your personal life private, man. <laughs> they're the best thing that I've uh, ever. It's done not in that this he's world. keeping it private. It's just that he doesn't care. That's that's the oh, difference. That's not <laughs> true at all. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but anyhow, it's the Deuce Cast Movie Cast. Everyone, check it. if you've made it this far. Check out these guys over there. They. They know more about movies than I'll ever forget, and uh, and they have a good time doing their show. And you might hear me every now and again on the show. So uh, at the end of every, every show, week. yeah, yeah, for mainstay. At least for the first, at least you know for a few seconds of me every show. So. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Take us out, Steve. All right, guys, have a great night, everybody. You know, so. <laughs> All right, I am going to hang up with you guys and close it out on my side. So awesome! Thank you guys Thanks so for much for hanging. Steve. Yes, sir. Thank you guys. Appreciate you both. Right, we'll see you. And that was uh, that was David Dollar and Michael High Nip from the uh, from the Deucecast. Now High Nip is a name that he received after uh, um, after a news story on the Big Honkin Show one time, and I forget it was something about a chest bump. Some people were chest bumping in a store or something, and got arrested for it. And Derek had called in, and I was like, "It's not a high five And we said, "It's a high nip." And then he's Michael Nip, and so he just that that stuck with him all those years. Those guys do a great job over the Deuce Cast, and you can hear Garrison Rifen on there every now and again. He's a big fan and shows up on the show every now and again. There, who's also been here with us, Teresa. Thanks for joining us tonight. And I want to thank everyone who's hung out in the chat. We had a big turnout tonight. At some at one point, we had almost thirty people in the chat, which is unheard of these days. And I know we've been all over the place talking about a thousand different things, but I think that's kind of what I want Geek Out Loud to be. Um. Uh, just uh, look, we, so often I'm still getting stories from people of like, Hey, here's a big honking show story. Here's this, this would be great for the big honking show. And, and I'm just like, uh, you know, I'm not doing the big honking show on a regular basis anymore. And I just, sometimes I actually find myself missing it. And I'm like, I want to have that feel with geek out loud. We're just, anything can happen. We can get off on fun bits and tangents and that sort of thing. And I know I didn't get to read the chat too much and everything, but I got to tell you, um, really quickly, um, let me see what we've got here, uh, going on. Um, <clears throat> battle cast galactopod battle, battle, battle actica castopod. That was one that I, I think I might've suggested. um, Petra means rock crying baby buying me some more gold time. All right. Yeah. Dylan Newhouse is a dad y'all. That's crazy. Y'all just uh, you, look, I've been going back and, and 
finding the lost and they're and they really are lost episodes. They're episodes that either never got posted or I thought were lost to the ether from like after the radio days and even some during the radio days, uh, the second time around when we were on the radio with the big honking show. And so that's, those have been kind of going up on, on Patreon while we try to get some other, uh, other exclusive content prepped up for that. But going back and listening to those and editing those have been absolutely such a reminder of how long so many of us have been in on this thing. Like there are names that get called out from the Mixler Zoo crew and stuff uh, that have been listening for years. When you consider uh, at the height of the Goliverse was probably that era, 2013-ish, 2014 and 2015. We were really beginning to make things happen, you know, and then about six years ago moved and life just kind of changed. But it it is absolutely kind of fascinating to say how long so many of you have been with the show and and with the different shows and and been friends of the shows and been supporters of the show and that sort of thing. And, you know, to that end, I'm just looking through the the old Goliverse Wall of Fame tonight and, and, and seeing so many familiar names and their people, you know, the Goliverse, if you ever supported us at all, you're on the Goliverse Wall of Fame in perpetuity forever and always. That, that, that won't change. If you're not up there and you're a supporter at patreon.com slash geek out loud, then you, you let me know and we'll, and we'll try to make sure you get up there. Uh, I know there are probably some that I'm missing up here, but uh, so we'll, we'll highlight someone really quickly here just at, at random. Ted Adam Green Ted has a strange ability to manipulate shadows. He can cause darkness to fall on his opponents, but also light the way for his friends by removing the shadows. He can blend in, fade out, and defeat evil by using its own darkness against it. That's Ted Adam Green, our featured supporter on this episode at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, where you're going to find some of that stuff that I'm talking about. Listen, I'm serious. I want to do the, the Incredible Hulk retrospective, and that will start out as exclusive content and maybe come to the Geek Out Loud feed later on. The Petra thing, I haven't decided. I talked to Kristen about it on Rock Out Loud, and I think it'll actually be a part of the Rock Out Loud feed, which I know there's some people that don't dig on the Christian rock music, but but I really, I've been listening, 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 listening so much um, to uh, to like the first album of Petra, just kind of getting the mindset of it and learning to enjoy it, learning, because there's a lot that gets said about it when you read up about it that I don't think is right. And so I'm, I'm anxious to talk about that and, and anxious to move forward to talk about even more the, the Petra stuff that that's out there and, and, and walk through those albums. So, uh, these are things that I want to do and, and, and toy around with different formats and everything as we move forward here. So as, as dead as geek out loud has been, I, I, there's still some life in the, to quote Derek's friend, from the grocery store that time, I think this was a round three story we told. Uh, there's still some life in the old girl yet, uh, so um, so we're gonna we're gonna do this when we can and and as often as we can and have some good times. And you never know, we might uh, <clears throat> we might throw out some um, some stories such as I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to find a weird story right now. Oh, having a dog in your dating profile increases your chances of a romantic match. Having a dog actually in your life increases your chances of getting really frustrated and wanting to kick a dog. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, man blasted after being upgraded on long flight as he left his wife behind. Marriage, uh, 
marriage tips from the completely stupid. Um, let's see what do we got here. Ohio man upset over Kent. Mm, no, oh that's funny. He sent a bomb threat to the wrong Ottawa. He sent it to a village in Ohio. Okay, that's that's funny. Hey, we don't do bombs up here in Canada, so just call that place that other Ottawa down in Ohio. Uh, a tire finally removed from crocodile's neck after six years. I hope you killed it before you removed the thing. Uh, Florida man steals car, train sends it crashing into house. These kinds of these these are the stories that we used to go over on the on the on the big honking show, and just have a blast. And a lot of times, till all hours of the night, we would do this in those days and. And then, of course, on the WGIG days and everything. So, anyway, I was just looking through some stuff, and yeah, Daniel and Andy's here, and and all kinds of things. So, um, let's see, what do we got here? Oh, Dylan Newhouse is like, that's me. Yeah, guys, Dylan, remember we were praying for his wife because she's married to him, and I and he would call in, and I would absolutely just derail him from what he wanted to call in. Like, there's there's an episode I found of a late night episode where he called in and I got him talking about like snakes or something. And we hung up and later on he calls back and he's like, I don't know why I was talking about snakes with you. I'm like, cause I brought it up. What do you think of this? And he's like, well, this is what I called to talk about. So just good stuff. Look, everyone, my point is this. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for joining in with us tonight. Thank you for downloading. If you're listening to us via the podcast, thank you so much for that. And um, we are going to see you soon around the Goldiverse. I have to pull up some music to go out to. You know what I'm going to go out to? What am I thinking? Dum de dum. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Spoiler alert. It's going to be the Book of Boba Fett song. Lum zippity doo da da zippity So, Boba. That's how it goes, I think. Fett, Fett. Boba. There it is. Anyway, thanks so much, everyone, for joining us, for being a part of this show. If you want to email us, and I'd love to get some emails from you, it's geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. And um, email us over there. We'd love to hear from you there. I got a, I got a, uh, we got a, we got a, we got an Instagram at Real Geek Out Loud on Instagram. I'll probably send some pictures of this, uh, this Marvel Select Hulk on there soon, but I gotta get a, I gotta boil him in some water. He's got a, got an elbow joint that's a little stuck, a little frozen up. Also, um, what else is going on? Uh, oh, YouTube. We've got a Geek Out Loud YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube. A lot of stuff from Chewy's Cantina going over there. Um, I try to do videos and they suck, but hey, it's fun. And um, and next time we do Geek Out Loud, we'll probably do it on the YouTube as well as uh, here. So. Thanks so much. Hey, everyone. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate your support through the Amazon links at the sites or Patreon, however you choose to do so, or just by downloading the podcast is a big help and a huge support to us. We appreciate you so much. Until next time, I'm Steve Glosson. Special thanks to David Dollar, Michael Nip, Teresa Delgado, and I'm Garrison Rifen. Until next time, I'm Steve Glosson. We'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud. Hello, the beauty about the boo.
like they literally it's like they were part of the orchestra and they forgot their instruments and so they just had to sit back there and make the voice noises Now this part with the brass, that low brass sounds a lot Star Warsy, to be honest with you. Is that it? You know what? It's too bad that like some of the drummers didn't forget their instruments, so they go boom, duck, boom, ba, boom, ba, ba, boom, or like the gong, the bell ringer, like dong, like they went dong. All right, see everybody. Oh, is that is that over? Yeah, that's over, huh? Okay. Uh, then I guess the show's over too. <laughs>